This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, it's a twofer. Ralph breaks the internet and Creed 2. Yo, I'm going to wreck it. Ran the whole way. Ran the whole thing. Never ran away. Never been afraid. Never gonna break. Never halfway. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is the film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler for your review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 345, 345... Oh, I actually really like this number. Sequential. We we got to hold our breath and make a wish now. Okay, one, two, three. <gasps> All right, we made our wish. Yeah, did it. Good. Okay. Uh, this week we are talking. <laughs> uh, we got another double episode on our hands. We are talking Ralph breaks the internet and Creed two. Yeah, both of those. It's a uh, it's a double feature, uh, double double hitting double feature. Sure. Hard yeah. hitting double feature. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. yeah. And uh, joining us tonight to discuss Ralph Breaks the Internet and Creed 2, we have from Endor Express, he has a score to settle over some princesses. It's David, yeah? Hello, hello. And from the Nostalgia Theater and the Movie Film Podcast, in the red corner with the purple trunks, the bearded talker, it's Zaki Hassan. Yo. I had to think of so many things <laughs> to make up a boxer <laughs> name <laughs> for Zaki. I can dig it. And the appropriate yo was just the icing on the cake. That's what I say. Yeah, he, he's uh, you know, he's mentally preparing for the fight, so he can't say anything too too heavy here. Well, speaking of mentally preparing, Zachy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. It's been, uh, gosh, I can't remember the last time I was uh, on with you guys. It was, I believe, Mission Impossible is the last time we were we were, we were talking. talking oh wow, this. there you go. Yeah, yeah well, so... the 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 months just fly by. My gosh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. just like crows crews on a helicopter, they just fly by. Um, <laughs> he does his own sense. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> and uh, David, good to have you back as well. Thank you. I'm ready to break the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> actually it's probably Crazy Retreations was the net was the last uh, time we had you on, I believe. Which uh, yeah, so that's also it's like about the same amount of time, pretty much the same amount of months. So uh, see, we we get around to people. <laughs> we we'll bring them back. <laughs> pick up, pick up, get back all the favorites. You know. And, of course, it's an animated Disney film, so we had to have David on. I mean, the, everyone probably could have guessed that David was going to be on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get to it, guys. Let's do some show notes before we get into the, the rest of the show here. First up, a new commentary track is available now. We talked Toy Story um, to really go off the uh, the other direction from what we how we've been doing our commentary tracks with all the horror movies of Elite and whatnot. So, yeah, Toy Story. It's up on iTunes now. And everywhere else you can find our show, uh, give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Brandon, Scott, and I, we talked a lot about the toys and their business and how they were back in town and all that. So, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and uh, well, let's see. What else? Oh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's American that listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be American. It's just a happy, uh, yeah, happy post-Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah. hopefully you guys had a vacation. As I say, it's everybody, you know, happy Thanksgiving <laughs> or just a happy Thursday. Uh, Wouldn't it be yeah. like a belated 
Yeah, it's Sister over. Johnson. I said happy post Thanksgiving. We could just pretend that we're recording this on Thanksgiving and be like, oh, our oh, bad. What a festive treat. I hope that everyone has a great dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm so full, you guys. <laughs> oh, man. All that stuffing is delicious. Zachy, thank you for the uh, cranberry sauce. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was our first outs giving. It was great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll fix that. We'll fix that in post. It'll be great. Um, it'll, it'll all sound seamless. Uh, yeah, all right. I think that's enough of that. Let's move on. Let's get to know everybody. We're each going to ask each other a question. And better get to <laughs> no, everybody. everybody. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I'm just going to start speeding through these. <laughs> okay. Abe, you got a question for us? I do have a question for you guys. Are you guys a fan of a title like Creed 2, where it's a name with the number 2, or something like Ralph Breaks the Internet, where it's its own title? I think it depends on the franchise of what's been established. Like Creed Two comes in a line of films that have all used Roman numerals, so it's like, why would you break it off? Why would it be like Rocky Creed... Seven, Adrian's Revenge? What? Rocky Seven, Adrian's Revenge. You see, that's fictional, so it doesn't count. I know what you're saying though, <laughs> and yeah, it could have been you know Creed Creed colon Drago's Revenge or something like that. But sure. I, I I can't say I prefer numbers over letters necessarily. How about you guys? What do you guys think? Hmm. Either or, yeah, it depends on the franchise. Although, like, Wreck-It Ralph isn't really a franchise yet, so they could have went the, you know, they could have went two, and we would have been fine with it. But and, they and up, decided up till, up till like a few months ago, it was still Wreck-It Ralph two: Cole and Ralph breaks the internet. So they just they hmm. just dropped it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph it's, two. It's weird to me that that and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's saying this that you wouldn't call it Ralph Rex the internet. I mean, the, well, that's the, uh, the trailer had that. that same thought. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they brought that up. Yeah, clever one. I so mean, it sounds I like think... sounds like we're all kind of like you know, kind of whatever the movie decides. There's well, no yeah, hard I mean, like I don't like this or that. It's uh, breaking the internet is a is a thing. So that's why true, they yeah. were. Yeah. That's why no, they I'm went fully aware. Kim Kardashian told me that one. Well, I'm curious yeah. if, that, if they if Disney or her, all... her butt told me that one. I'm, yeah. cur- I'm curious if Disney at all thought it was a risk to not use the word wreck in their title. You know. Like, I'm sure there's saturation marketing tactics, I think, I mean, and given the box office this weekend. I mean, people knew Ralph, there was a Wreck-It Ralph 2 coming out. But I am curious if there was that conversation where it's like, shouldn't we call it? And then they obviously they fit it into a joke in the trailer for the movie. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Disney's like, no, we own the word Ralph now, too. We own the name Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's ours now. Wait, wait, don't give him any more ideas, Zachy. <laughs> I just They're went to Wreck-It Ralph supermarket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph supermarket. It's just Ralph's with a big like D symbol on the side of it, so just, to, just so you know. It has an eight bit character right next to it. Yeah, yeah. I would go well, there. The only solution to this is to call uh, Bob Iger. I'm sure you guys all have his phone number and just ask him uh, what the deal was. No, I just email him at his obvious email, Bob at Disney dot com. That's, that's that's what it is. First that last name. Yeah. I think he's cool enough to just have Bob at Disney dot com. <laughs> What well, I like this question though, because I do think about it like how many titles do we get where it's just like I don't know, like you know for example it's like Iron Man Seven it's like yeah I can see why you'd want to have a subtitle at that point because it's just like why are we just going with and that's like that's why I love the Fast and Furious franchise because of their creative titling ideas where yeah they... I think this kind of comes up too because I think I had read or or listened somewhere where the Godfather they had the Godfather Part Two because it's the next part in it, like it's a literal like follow up to it, and then people were like, "Well, I guess we'll just continue with this num- num- numerical convention." And I was like, "Well, 
I guess it kind of works, but if you have different ideas in, in the movies, it would be kind of cool to have a different uh, different kind of title. Like, I actually really appreciate Ralph Breaks the Internet. Rather, like It's not Ralph Colon Breaks the Internet, it's just Ralph Breaks the Internet. So I mean, I kind spoiler of... alert, that's kind of what the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> that's just true. It's a literal, it's a literal title. <laughs> if, I, if I was doing games this week, I would have done the game literal titles again, where I just talk about, you know, you have to guess movies where the plot of the film is explained in the title right away. <laughs> 16 blocks. Got it. I have a question what? for you guys. <laughs> yes. Hit it. Have you ever lifted weights with your head? Or hammered into the dirt, or fought underwater. Uh, no, no, and kind of. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Zach, how about you? Are you lifting weights with your head? Every damn day. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Serious just, fighter. The, the, the Creed Two might as well be a, a Creed Two colon Zachy's life. All that dirt hammering and underwater fighting that you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it was like looking in a mirror every time Michael B. Jordan <laughs> was swinging that uh, hammer. You're also training out in Arizona. Hey, you got to do. You know, uh, you got to do true. what you got to do. I'd like to think that during that montage, like right under the dirt, there's like the Bat Cave, and that's where Ben Affleck's doing his CrossFit that he's doing in BBS. <laughs> <laughs> CrossFit's huge right now in Warner Brothers movies, guys. I'm just saying that's that's what's going on. <laughs> I never noticed. I'm gonna have to pay, start paying attention to that. Oh yeah, it's, it's, don't overlook it. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, David? Are you uh, are you working out crazy and also uh, training underwater? No, I'm both. I am sinking because of all that <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner food. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's tonight. Oh, man, we brought that continuity back. Great. This is going to be a great episode, guys. (laughs) I'm really happy about this. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's how you play. No, No, everybody. everybody. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to it now, Quickies. Jim. Each week, get out a movie of the week. They talk about whether the movies are the week. That's why we Quickies. Do you think that Disney also owns Trademark? They can't own Trademark. Okay, I'm just curious because you know that'd be weird. That'd be kind of uh, over the top. That's a different Sylvester Stallone, Stallone movie. That's a different Stallone movie. We're not talking about that. One. <laughs> uh, Abe, have you seen any other movies you want to bring up that you you know might have missed yes. out on last week? Ultra briefly, I will talk about uh, a couple things, uh, maybe a few. But um, Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. I think that it was confusing and i think that there was actually a lot of plot that i I was confused about and i can see how jk rowling wrote this as a script and then maybe she loves writing it as a book but as a movie uh, i think that there's a lot of characters to follow and uh, i think there's a lot of like uh, nuance that i didn't really follow along with i had to ask a buddy of mine was uh, zoe kravitz in the first one and they said yeah she's in a photo and i was like okay I remember yeah. that. So I was like, I guess, I guess that's okay. Uh, but on the whole, it's um, I actually really like the opening chase a lot because uh, as they're flying off, there's there's dudes on broomsticks, and I thought that that was pretty cool. And the rest of it was like, meh. I hated that chase. I really hated. <laughs> it that was so too. visually all over just, the place. I just, just like liked so ugly. The, there were guys on broomsticks helping him out. <laughs> um, the other thing I watched was Apostle on Netflix. This is something that Aaron was like, you might not want to watch this because it might be a little bit gut churning. And you know it's not bad. Like it wasn't. It wasn't as gut churning as I thought. It's about this. Uh, this guy has to go find his sister on this deserted or on this island where they're they're sort of trying to build new life. Um, it's a cult. You could say cult. It's a cult. 
Okay, it's a cult, yeah. And so it's and that uh, guy's it's got, Dan uh, Stevens. Dan Stevens, yep, directed by Gareth Evans of The Raid. Um, and it's all right. It's it's actually kind of comical to some degree, and I was kind of lost in some of the timing of it. Uh, not in terms of like the entire setting of it, but just like, oh, well, this is uh, an interesting turn of events for the amount of time that this person has been here. Um, but it's on Netflix, so if you have some time, and it'd be great to watch with a group of friends, because I think if you guys do commentary over it, uh, it's actually a fun watch. Um, and lastly, I watched uh, Adam Sandler's special, 100% Fresh, on uh, Netflix as well. And I really enjoyed it. I kind of forgot how uh, San- Sandler's stand-up is, and also how random and ridiculous and non-secular he is with his jokes, because his opening joke is about a Tesla car appearing in court with like a neck brace, and I was like... <laughs> I was like, "What?" But I also really enjoyed it, and his his ending thing is uh is, his ending song is is quite well done. So I would recommend uh, Adam Sandler's 100% Fresh on Netflix. It only took like what mm-hmm. six six Netflix movies to get to something worthwhile, but there you go. It's, uh, it, it was <laughs> something enjoyable from Adam Sandler. Should I check out the Cobbler? That wasn't one of them. Um, oh, but. <laughs> Boy, no, it's certainly, it's edited to maximum efficiency. That's something I guess I appreciate about it. Cause I it's... actually like that they did that, because they basically just took a whole bunch of specials and put them onto one, and, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes comedians, when they do their stand-up, they choose one venue on their tour, and they'll just film that one. But this one, he's like, I'm going to film all of them, and just slice them all together. What, what, and, I, uh, what I really like well, is that they, some of, like, it takes a lot of the same jokes and shows them in different venues, and sometimes it doesn't work as well. Like, you see, like, the evolution of it. Uh, oh, interesting. So it's like you, you see like him telling like a an earlier version of that joke or just in a different setting and then he tells it in a different place from there and it's so you, you see like the kind of edited completion of said jokes. So it's like oh that's yeah. that's a neat way to do it as far as so like not, not everything works all the time but like you he gets it to a point where it's like yeah, like a comedian would you sure. get it to like the perfected version and you show that like how much better the response is at that point. Like yeah, it, I agree with you. It's very good. It's very enjoy. Yeah. It's a very enjoyable watch, and it's a good reminder of what the Sandman can do at his best. Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely would recommend. Great, David. What have you seen recently? Uh, same with Abe. I saw Fantastic Beast Two, which I guess it's not Fantastic Beast Two. It's just <laughs> Crimes of Grindelwald, <laughs> and I I thought it was pretty bad. I, I loved the first one, and it was just, eh, man, this was just poorly directed, poorly edited, and it was just muddy filmmaking, muddy storytelling. You were and... you were on that episode with us. I was checking. I was like, who talked Fantastic Beasts the first time? It's like, oh, David did, but he's not going to be on that episode because we have to talk Rick and Ralph the next week. So... <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, you know, wear everyone out by with having me on too much. Yeah, that's exactly but... what it is. <laughs> okay, all right. But, uh... <laughs> not, not a fantastic guest, just once in a while. And it was yeah i mean yeah the first chasing was just like wow this is just really bad i i couldn't stand it and then from that point on i was watching the directorial choices and yeah. i was curious on why and it was edited that way and like man this is this is a whole bunch of subplots just trying to be a, a real story but it's just a lot of backstory and yeah i mean I, I never thought i'd need this much of a story to know how credence clearwater revival get together but you know here we are <laughs> I mean, all they had to show was a bad moon rising. <laughs> they basically did. Yeah, yeah and it's like, hey, where's the Fantastic Beasts in here? And where, what are the crimes of Grindelwald? 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't really do any. All his followers do all the crimes, right? It's just like he starts the movie with, oh, this loyal little lizard, and he just chucks it out the window. Just <laughs> like, why did that happen? I mean, he, he seems but... to set some people on fire. That seems like a criminal activity. I don't know. I, mean, I know, but... It's I know like, what you're saying. I'm kidding. I get it. <laughs> would, he, would he really do that to his loyal little thing? And I don't know. It just seemed really stupid to me. I agree. Anyways, that's what I saw. All right. Hmm. Zaki, what have you seen recently? Well, I will chime in. I also saw Fantastic Beasts, and I think I liked it more than the uh, the plurality here. Uh, I was not a big fan of the first one, and I liked this one. I found myself more engaged with this mm-hmm. one. But I, I come in as not even close to a Potter World fan. So not not, not I'm not, not a fan. I'm just not, uh, you know, uh, versed in it. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm, I'm a guy that's just like, oh, yeah, I saw the movies. <laughs> that's it. I don't have an attachment. I mean, I, I've, I've only seen uh, the first movie, so the first Harry Potter. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm extremely behind. I Basically, I know through my kids sort of the the gist of the world. But uh, that so so in, in watching this one, I think it helped for me that I, I wasn't fully aware of all the ways that J.K. Rowling was sort of George Lucasing her own continuity. <laughs> That's actually a really interesting way and, and well, probably accurate way to do to say that. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting to hear because you know, like all of us who have seen all the other Harry Potters are like, okay, that's an that's a callback, that's a callback, that's a, or a call forward actually. And it, the movies is filled with everything that connects the universe, and that's why they that's kind of how they sold it. So it was interesting to see someone who actually doesn't know all that like how does this all work yeah i mean i I have enough awareness to be like oh i know that's something you know Mm -hmm. but i i don't you know i I was kind of like looking at wikipedia afterwards and then i was like all right i think i'm just gonna like i'll just ask my kids i think that'll be (laughs) the better question is because i I presume that you at least you, you saw this movie with at least one of your kids what did they think of the crimes of grindelwald uh, yeah, I took my second, and he he will be ten in January, and he liked it. He said he liked it better than the first one, so right. for whatever that's. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, all of our all of our opinions do not matter with this question. Yeah, because that's the future right there, Zachy. That's the there future. you go. God help us. Because <laughs> that's as as we know, we're putting on record right now. Your second one is the worst one. That's what we're saying, right? That's, uh, that, that's it's it's out there. Sorry, son. <laughs> No. <laughs> just, just tell me if you want to edit that one out, Techie. <laughs> you're, you're, no, his son is going to look back on this this specific podcast in years this to come and be like, this, this, is a, this is a treasured moment that my father had talking about me. <laughs> you know, well, you know what's funny is is for people who listen to my, my show, mm-hmm. uh, they know that it's a recurring thing that I talk about how I'm just terrified of my second so, <laughs> so we've we've weaned our way into your show's continuity then. In this somehow, regard. yeah, you, you're you're oh, like this is a crossover uh, episode. It's I, I mean it's it's uh you know it's it's literally because he says things that continually frighten me, and it's always related to movies. Like we when we were watching the original Planet of the Apes is a couple years ago, and he we're, and he's seen the movie before, but we're watching the hunt sequence, and he's just I don't know where he turns to me. He's like, you know, if I was an ape, I would capture so many humans. <laughs> And I'm like, that's a weird thing to say, you know? <laughs> he's just thinking ahead, though. He's, he's going to be he, part of the more dominant species on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, it. that's him. You know, I, I remember he, he's, he says uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is his favorite. And I'm kind of like, why is that, son? And he's like, you know when they, like, make him drink the blood from the skull? <laughs> I'm like, of course that's the reason you like that. You know? <laughs> I mean, 
I agree with him. That's my favorite one too. It is the first one I was excused with. That's specific reason. That's it's 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 less the choice of movie than the rationale behind the choice. Ah, that's, I see. That's I of see. concern. But, but yeah, fittingly, yeah. though, David is a huge fan of when they pour the blood out, when they eat the monkey brains and all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's similar. <laughs> First of all, it's chilled monkey brains. <laughs> oh, thank you, Abe. I'm sorry. I forgot the yeah. word chilled. And it's take surprise. And it's odd dessert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it right. <laughs> Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Um, I've seen a few things. Or unless, Zachy, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, just a, one thing I I, sure. I watched I I revisited uh, National Treasure the first National Treasure for family oh, movie oh, night oh Treasure Protectors okay we're we're actually Treasure Protectors yeah that's pretty um, good that's pretty good, good. pretty good thank you <laughs> um, and I gotta say I mean it's it's goofy as hell but I, it's like a perfect family movie night movie you know and I'm I'm kind of like I wish they made more of these, you know? I mean, it's just, it's stupid fun. And I feel like there is room in the marketplace or something like that. It's a shame that they, they kind of crapped out after two. You know? we, we talked yeah. about this last week, exactly this exact topic on the National show. National Treasure? National Weird. Treasure, why there, well, why there wasn't a third. So I don't need to reiterate why there wasn't a wait, third. Wait, wait, well, quickly, what happened, what did you guys come down to? Oh, why there what, what what about it? Why why, why isn't there a third? Well, I, I know why there isn't a third. It's because they put they they like let's let's stop this and make Sorcerer's Apprentice and that bomb because two was a hit. Like you don't have to like two, but it was a hit. It made a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I can but, I mm-hmm. add something to this because I spoke to the director a few weeks ago oh, and I asked them specifically knowledge because they have a script. Uh, yeah, I, go on. I asked them why you know what about National Treasure three? He says he's dying to do it. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is dying to do it, and Disney's not interested. Yeah, because they're into all their IP that they have. They don't. They don't feel like they need to make a National Treasure three because they have Star Wars and these live action remakes and all this stuff. And it's yeah. it seems so like it's a shame. You're as far saying, as completing guys, the National that we have Treasure to trilogy together, and we'll create a distribution studio. We'll call it uh, uh, Out Now 24, <laughs> and uh, or no, we, you know, we'll take a vote and we'll we'll just distribute this movie. We'll it's make spe- this movie, especially because it is like the exact time you'd want to do a third one because it's like ten years. It's over ten years since the first one. Sure, it's, it's like yeah. I think it's about ten years since the the second one. Am I right? Is that right? Is that, is that right? Yeah, that, that was 2007. So. Okay, yeah, so it's been over 10 years since the second one. So Holy like, cow. This is exactly the time you would do it unless you wait till what, 2027? 20, 20, and, and then he hands over the reins to really get those nostalgia uh, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgia bucks. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to mention as a tangent but uh, related, I really liked the uh, Sahara with uh, McConaughey and Steve Zahn and uh, Penelope Cruz. I saw so, that in college at a sneak preview screening, and I was like, eh, "That's not bad." Like that was my. Yeah, that's what that's what I came away with. It wasn't bad, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, I see I, like this treasure hunting genre back in the day, back I, in like the the late aughts, uh, as a as a fun thing." I remember watching the movie, thinking, "This looks really expensive, and it's probably not going to make money." And I was very right on both <laughs> of those things. <laughs> was was that directed by Eisner's kid? Yeah, I, Brit 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 Brecken. Yeah, Brecken Eisner. Yeah, something like that. He did the. Breck guys, yeah, he did the crazies after that, the natural follow up to Sahara. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a perfect follow up. And then he just did something did. fairly recently. What did he just? He did something. His name is Breck Eisner. Yeah, Breck Eisner. Yeah. Almost like uh, the way that you say Brecklin Meyer, but you yeah, say but, Brecklin, but just the Breck. Yeah. I said Brecken actually, but I don't... it's Bre- it's, yeah. it's Breck uh, short for Breckenridge. Oh, that's right, that's the it. last witch hunter. That was the movie he just did. <laughs> oh, he did more Nicolas Cage. No, that's that's Vin no, Diesel. No, that, was, that was Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah. 
That was that was Vin Diesel's Wait, second Diesel. Vin Diesel is in a movie called More Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yes. You didn't know that? <laughs> he plays the title character Nicholas Cage. Yeah. I live my life one cage at a time. It's great. It's We're more like he, Nicholas Cage protectors. He's constantly getting in and out of cages and being like, "Surprise, in the cage!" It's really <laughs> what happened to the cages? Ah, <laughs> oh, the cages! Yeah. Yeah. The last one, the cage like escapes from an exploding submarine at the last minute. It's it's wild. It's wild stuff. Yeah. It's actually going to win the Academy Award for So best, National uh... Treasure, yeah, that's a, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Full circle. My favorite Let's part all find of... ways to cut Abe off. <laughs> my, 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 favorite, my favorite part of National Treasure comes right away when, like, it the or act, I, guess, I guess after the whole, I assume there's exposition at the beginning with, like, John Voight probably talking to Nick Cage when he's young or something. But, like, right when we find adult Nick Cage and he, like, digs into the snow a couple feet and he's like, oh, I found this old ship. Like, it does map. He's like, oh, that's how it works, I guess. Okay. I, I, get, I get this movie. I see what we're doing here. I'm into this. Uh, yeah, it, it would start really funny. Yeah, like you, if you had the third movie start with a young Nicolas Cage, and it'd be like Last Crusade when he does mm-hmm. this whole thing, and that's when he discovers he's a treasure protector. He, he falls into a, like a circus tent that gives him the natural draw that he has in his voice. So. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. What was Turtle Tub's most recent movie? Why, why did he come? Why did he come the, Meg. the Meg. The Meg. That's the right. Meg. That's right. I knew it was uh, like it was yeah, something yeah. significant. There it is. Okay. Shut up, Meg. I. <laughs> Got some good impressions on the show today, guys. Yeah, some, <laughs> some lively episode. Gotta save these for the archives. <laughs> we are so behind, it's only on no quickies. <laughs> yeah. I got a few things that I want to make mention of. Yeah, yeah, hit it. Um, I can't talk about Mary Poppins Returns until December. Oh, why you got a thesis like that, then? No, but I will say that Anna loved it. Um, I can't talk about how amazing Spider-Man is until Wednesday, so I can't say anything more about that. Um, okay. but I will mention a few films that are out. Um, the favorite came out this week. This is the New York Oslanthemos film. I saw this a few weeks ago, but it's actually out yeah. now in a whopping four theaters, although it had a huge per theater average this weekend. So that movie's probably going to be a hit, um, relative to its, you know, size and good for good reason. This is his most mainstream movie compared to the lobster and killing of a sacred deer movies. I both really liked, but this one I think will work for a much broad, bigger audience. Um, it has, okay. uh, uh, Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, and Olivia Coleman. All three are very good. Um, Olivia Coleman plays Queen Anne. Weisz and Stone are various people in the regal area that want her attention and want to be basically some kind of companion with her so they can have more status. Uh, the movie's it's very funny for one thing. It's a very funny yeah. movie um, for a you know a regal period drama. Um, the 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 look of the film is great as far as the costumes and stuff go, but it almost feels like it's purposely trying to subvert what you expect from costume dramas like again it's very funny for one thing which these generally aren't um and just the way lanthimos uses his camera to kind of film everything like it's there's a lot of fisheye lens which is very it's not distracting but it's certainly noticeable where you're like this has such a unique look to it um to go with all the elaborately designed costumes and what have you but between that and the tone and just how it tells its story, there's just a lot to recommend here. I think the movie's fantastic. Um, I, I don't know how it can compete against some other more conventional big awards releases that are coming your way, but it's certainly a film that stands strong among them. So, yeah. so what you're saying is we have to fly to either New York or Los Angeles to go see it? It'll spread, it's spreading wider in the weeks to come. So it's going to be it. more theaters by Friday and more after that and whatnot. Um, I also saw Shoplifters. Uh, this is the Jap- oh, this is a Japanese movie. Yes, the Japanese movie that won the the uh the uh at can that one the palm dior yeah, like right? palm dior can and um it's about a family of shoplifters um they the the pull of the plot involves like they so it's like a family that lives in like a um 
like, I guess like a rundown place and they shoplift so they can live. Essentially, they take stuff and mm -hmm. whatnot. And they come across a young girl um, and they take her into their family, who's kind of somewhat serves as like the end to the audience to see how they operate and whatnot. And it's uh, as the film goes on, you learn more about how they came to be in this scenario. And um, it's solid. It's a good kind of comedy drama. There is humor in it. There's drama in it. So, you know, it works okay. in both realms. Um, I, I, I can't say that I was like, oh, man, this is the, you know, this is the, the foreign film of the year for me or, you know, just the film of the year for me. I, I enjoyed what I saw. It wasn't my favorite, but I, I still think it's it's worth a watch if you're kind of interested in the story and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. And uh, lastly, Anna and I saw Instant Family. Uh, speaking of families, uh, this past weekend, <laughs> um, decidedly different, um, mainly because it's much whiter, um, with the exception of the actual children that they adopt. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne, uh, Sean Anders, who did the the Daddy's Home movies. This is better than those. Um, okay. I like this movie. I think it's very fun um, and heartwarming in its own way. Like you have you have Wahlberg and Byrne as parents that adopt a trio of kids, uh, foster kids. And it's just about their kind of, you know, work to become parents and work with these kids who obviously had it somewhat rough going into this whole process. And it's based off the director's Andrews, his actual life, like his actual family. And yeah, it, it works well in not kind of backing down from the premise. Like it doesn't go for the obvious. There's some there's a broadness to the humor, but it doesn't back away from making the jokes feel real or come out of like what the scenario is and why things are turbulent at times. Like it's not making fun of the idea of adoption and foster kids, but it does derive humor from the scenario, which I think is appropriate. Um, and uh, you also have Octavia Spencer and Tig Notaro are in there as well as um, like the, uh, like the caretaker people for that, like help run the whole foster system. Like it's good there. Everybody's good in this movie. I think Wahlberg's doing what he can here. I mean, the, Without the Will Ferrell element, I think it actually puts this film in a better position to be more hit hit at that kind of emotional core, as opposed to being just a really silly comedy, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I think for the case of the movie, what it's trying to do, it works. So yeah, it is, it. I think it's a solid watch. Uh, so yeah, so that's okay. that's on our quickies. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, and what have you. And we got two here that are both from Disney, one of the 700 films Disney's releasing next year to make all the money in the world. Um, <laughs> it is, the first one we have is Aladdin, the live-action remake of 1992's Aladdin. Uh, not much to go on as far as who's in this and what have you. We just kind of cut a teaser, but the film uh, does have Will Smith as the genie, has uh, Mina Masood as Aladdin, Naomi Scott as Princess Jasmine let's let's start with david david any thoughts on the aladdin it's directed by guy ritchie by the way i'll put that out there any any thoughts uh, on this? it's very cg looking and that's all they kind of show us yeah uh, that's, <laughs> yeah it's fair yeah <laughs> i mean they got a pretty cool voice for the cave of wonders and uh but yeah it just looks very computer generated and that's about it zach, that's all i to, got any more to add zachy nothing <laughs> Nothing to add. Well, let me, let me ask you guys this. Are you guys excited for the prospect of an Aladdin movie? Uh, not especially, no. Possibly. Uh, I'm curious as how they could handle it. If it's, yes. you know, especially with, uh, I mean, I just love, I love these animated movies and I don't see the need to 
to do, make them live action. Even when it when it came to one hundred one Dalmatians back in the day, I still haven't even seen those because I'm just not interested. I think the and, first one's actually worthwhile. I think the Glenn Close is very fun in it, and I think they do a good job of doing. Woof woof. <laughs> 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 that's, that's all I. That's all I get from that movie. The dogs don't talk. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm curious. I'm. But I'm. Op- I hope it's good. I just after Beauty and the Beast and Maleficent and Cinderella. Yeah, I like Cinderella and I liked uh, Jungle, Book, Jungle Book. But the, you mm-hmm. know, it's hit and miss. Really, it hasn't been 100 percent for me. Sure. And Zach, you just had a no as far as seeing Aladdin. I, I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but I, I have basically no interest in it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious as well. I, I, the teaser trailer doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I like the the way that they sort of have like that giant panther voice, but that's not very difficult to do. I'm just uh, curious how they're going to execute some of these awesome dance numbers from. The, uh, the original Aladdin. But I agree with David. You know, some of them have been hit and miss. And for this one, I like Aladdin, the animated movie, and the video games. So there's going to be... Things you, things you need to mention, both of those, when it comes to Aladdin, yes. They're, and also, they're they're both different video games for the SNES and the Sega Genesis. I know, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Genesis certainly... One. Genesis one's hard. Genesis one's actually more true to the movie, isn't it? It and is, but it's still super... hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in any case... Yeah, not a lot, whole lot to go with the color palette. Is obviously the color palette, but um, we'll see what happens because I'm more interested in this one than than I am going to be in the next one. I uh, I agree with you there, actually, just because I don't I don't know what this will look like. <laughs> like I, I I I know what the other one looks like just because yeah, I've seen that version already with the previous John Favreau movie to an extent. Just you know now yeah. it's, now it's in planes. This I don't and like Guy Ritchie's on. It's like, what does that look like? What is a Guy Ritchie <laughs> Aladdin movie look like? That's They're gonna have the uh, the cameras attached to uh, Simba or not Simba, Aladdin and uh, and uh, Abu no, and I, just I, running I remember, through the streets of Africa. I remember I joked with a friend of the show, Terrence Johnson, about putting a GoPro on the carpet, and he now he's like really worried if they're actually gonna do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I'm I super. Don't, I can't say that I'm like necessarily excited, although I generally like Guy Ritchie, and I you know don't not want to like a movie like i want to like sure. something so it's like i i want to see what this is i think my biggest concern honestly though guys is is gilbert godfrey still gonna voice iago can you can you have somebody else because i think of iago as gilbert godfrey <laughs> yeah it's hard. i mean they made a whole documentary and everything about this i mean so it's like what yeah. What are we doing here, guys? We're not... Also, uh, unless it doesn't talk, which is completely possible as well, because that if would, it's live because, action, because it would be ridiculous to have a talking bird in a movie about Aladdin. That would be, you know, this is also true. I mean, and and you can't replace Robin Williams with Will Smith, who's like, Psh, yeah, nah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, all. I, it, I, know it's just, I don't. I don't... I don't... I don't. I, I know exactly what impression you just did there, and I was like, "Yeah, I saw that." <laughs> That's all I picture is this. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure he'll probably be fine, but I just I'm not looking forward to it. Got it. That's again. I am interested in what that's going to be. I like that. There's you got to do something if you're going to remake Aladdin. It's like, well, yeah. What if it's Will Smith in blue? I hear he's not blue. Oh, <laughs> that's it's just Will Smith then. That's what I've heard. I heard he's not, he's not blue. <laughs> I'm down. Is the yeah, I'm... Nor- normal color? Yeah. Other way. 
<laughs> what if I said he's green? What would be your reaction? <laughs> what? Uh, this isn't it. This isn't Space Jam. <laughs> Who's green in Space Jam? The Monstars. Look like one of them. Green. One of monsters. They're all colors. The Monstars. Yeah, they're they're pink, purple. It's like a brown green one and blue. Right, anyway, so that's enough about Space Jam. Um, Aladdin hits theaters Memorial Day next year, May 24, 2019. Ooh, so, it's going to be a packed summer. And when does Dumbo come out? Is that March? Dumbo's March. Okay, so it's March for Dumbo, and it, then it's March Memorial for... Day for Aladdin. Oh, if you, want, then... if you want to lay this down, it's March for Dumbo and Captain Marvel. It's May for Aladdin and Avengers. It's July for Spider-Man and Lion King. And it's what? It, there's Frozen 2s in November. Uh, and Episode Ew. 9 is in December. Like, Disney's like, guys, we ha- we own the banks now. Like, that's that's what they said. That's what they said when they set up this schedule. I mean, you know, it feels like there are a few months there where they could release National Treasure 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What if they did Plus like? They have all the... What if they did like a stealth like Bloomhouse release of National Treasure three in August? They're like, guys, guess the way what that JJ Abrams releases all his like Cloverfield movies. Exactly. Wait, just like... you mean stealth the movie with, uh... with Jamie Fox? Yeah, with Jamie Fox. <laughs> Anyhow, next trailer. Wait, next, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, what, what did they do? Okay, Lion. King. Oh yeah. Let's move on. We're got, we're talking about the Lion King now. We got a big preview of the Lion King over Thanksgiving. Um, so everybody that was watching football that day knows there's a Lion King movie coming, um, as well as the internet, <laughs> since it was like the most watched trailer in the 24-hour period it came out or something like that. Something ridiculous. Um, this is a film that stars Seth Rogen, Seth second build, as well as Donald Glover, first build. That humors me to no extent. <laughs> Seth Rogen, second build. It's just funny. We got a new Lion King, <laughs> Lion King movie. Who's in it? Donald Glover and Seth Rogen. Of course! <laughs> what? <Makes sense>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was directed by John Favreau, who of course did The Jungle Book. Um... Let's see. Yeah, it's coming our way. It's The Lion King. I don't need to describe it. You know what it is. Zachy, what are your thoughts on this? I, I mean, it looks good. I, I, You know, it, it, it's another animated version of a movie that was already animated, and they got it right <laughs> the first time. I mean, you know, it's weird. I mean, I, I just look at these trailers, and I'm like, I'm just not the audience for them. I'm like, I, I like the previous ones, and I'll be there. But, you know, it's, it's so sort of mercenary what, these, what, what Disney's doing. Mm-hmm. that uh, it's it's hard to find like the artistic reason to just sort of tell the same story because you're boxed in right it's like you stray too far from what's been done already you're gonna have people complaining and if you do the same thing all over again people are gonna be like why are you just doing the same thing so it's almost there's like nowhere to go i feel like because i completely agree with you as far as that's a great yeah that's a great point i feel like if i look at it just on the outside i that's that's going to harm how I can perceive this being done. And so I have to look more inward and beyond just like the casting or whatever. I have to look at the technology, honestly. That's like really the only thing I can like look at and think, well, this is a, it is something of an undertaking to make a completely photorealistic CG world of animals and make them talk and sing and all this stuff. Like, and they're, that's only going to move on to ideally bigger and better things. Although given the nature of things right now, I just get more of these live action remakes (laughs) in motion remakes and what have you. But I have to think like the, within all of that, you have a team of people that are presumably working very hard to make this look as good as possible. And they can go on to assist another ambitious visual effects heavy processes that will ideally benefit other films that are not necessarily you know ones we've seen before in a new shiny coat of paint 
that again right. that doesn't undercut the, the the fact that yeah disney's making this because it knows it will make money and that's it like there's no it's not like john favreau's like ever since i was like a young 20 something making swingers and seeing lion king in theaters <laughs> I, I always wanted to i always dreamed of what remaking if, what if that actually was his i always re- dreamed of remaking the lion king <laughs> yeah he's just seeing vince vaughn on set and be like he would make a great simba <laughs> Well, David, how about you? What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with everything you guys are saying as far as artistic reasoning for doing something. And but it it it, it what makes me, what makes me wonder is that you have James Earl Jones reprising his role, which is one of those roles that you just cannot replace, like Gilbert kind Godfrey of like and Aladdin. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, one of the biggest, the main things about the original Lion King was Jeremy Irons mm-hmm. and. He's not in this, so it's kind of like you're you're keeping it the same, but you're changing it up. You're changing everybody else up, but the music's back. Like Hans Zimmer is doing the score again, and like, his only yeah, Oscar like, was for the previous Lions King. Lion King, so yeah, it's, <laughs> that's like I, how I, much bet. Yeah, it's like how much better can you make this? I, I was cu- I was curious to see that Hans Zimmer was doing this. So I was like, oh, really? Like. He won an Oscar. What what more does he have to prove with this movie? <laughs> it's like, He's got to prove that lightning can strike twice. Yeah, it is a yeah, murderous then, role of talent involved in this thing, though. Hans Zimmer, Caleb, sure. right. Caleb Deschanel is the cinematographer. It's like, wow. He's like, yeah. of this? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, how much is John really directing here? It all looks exactly like the cartoon. Yeah. And that's kind of so you guys have said everything that I was going to say, too, which is we've seen the movie. It's been done with 94 um, yeah. and it was 94. Pretty, yeah, yeah it's, it's a pretty good movie. I think that Lion King animated is one of my favorites. Um, as far as like what we're going to see here, maybe the technology is going to blow me away. But at the same time, Aaron, you're mentioning that uh, that's like one of the things that you're going to be looking out for. It's like, I guess that's really the only thing that I can be looking out for, too, because I think we all know what the story is, and I think we all know what's going to happen. Um, and the music seems like it's all the same because I saw Elton John credited with some of the, with some of the, the music. You got Beyonce so, in here. There will be new songs. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it might be a mix of the Broadway into you know live action, so that might be where it differs. Yeah, that's and, actually and that's kind something of what I was... that's I have seen the Broadway shows. So it's like, well, that that's yeah. what's that's certainly a way to take it as far as how you add something new to it. Because I mean, what the Lion King's what, maybe maybe seventy five minutes or something like that without credits or with credits for that matter. So it's like this movie's going to be you know a hundred and ten minutes or whatever it is. So. Right. I have to assume and, they have and, to add stuff to kind of fill that out. and Yeah, and it is, it, you know, we all agree that the ending of the original animated film is a little rushed, so maybe they find a way to tackle that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, he, it shows he, the he politics that Scar and the hyenas had in really drowning the, the economy out of Pride Rock. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's but like I, the Raisin Bran sun looks down, like, here's two scoops of happiness, we're going <laughs> to fix this. I mean, the rains wash everything away. It's a metaphor. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe as opposed to the first uh, Lion King, there'll actually be a second act in this movie instead of just he walks on a log and grows up. I mean, you know, that's not. It what was a very long jungle. log, Aaron. Yeah, it's a super long log. That, that long, that log was like twenty years long. Um, it was a montage last... log. Monologue. Yeah, that's the entire but, uh, second act, Akuna Matata. That's the whole second act of the movie. It's, if you want to talk about rushed, it's the you want to talk about rushed, it's the middle. Uh, Zaki said it best, which is he's seen the animated movie of this animated movie. So yeah, it's, it's the rotos, it's the live action rotoscope version of the animated. If that was true, I'd actually be very curious to see what that is. You mentioned uh, uh, Jeremy Irons. I 
I don't disagree that he's iconic in the role of Scar. That's it. I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is a really good match for for putting a Scar in there. Sure. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I there's there's only so many white guys in this movie, which and it kind of humor again it humors me to no extent that Seth Rogen is second build <laughs> <laughs> because because of his uh, his heavy low laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because well, he's he's Pumbaa too. It's not like he's somebody. He's not like he's one of the key. He's Pumbaa. So it's like, who's in this movie? We got. He teaches Don. Simba how to grow up. Who are the Who are those Lion King characters you can't get enough of? Well, there's Simba and Pumbaa. Those are the two I think of right away. <laughs> so uh, Timon. When Nathan Lane no, was great. Don't even need to, to Billy Eichner. Fourth build doesn't matter. Seth Rogen second build. He's winning. He's winning that round. Uh, and then you have uh, Last Call with John Oliver as Zazu. Zazu, which yeah. Mr. Bean was the best. He was awesome. I didn't even know there was being a duck. What? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that, that, that uh, Rowan Atkinson could talk. Rowan Atkinson could talk. Man. Yeah, <laughs> he's got three Johnny English movies. He's saying something. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, any final thoughts, Aaron? Uh, you mentioned. I mean, I'm not going to say that John Favreau's single-handedly spearheading the animation directions of this film, but there is more to directing than just the you know, hey, let me approve these computer shots. Like, the, there is work to be done sure, yeah. as a director. And I, no, I, yeah, no, we we're, we're, we know, we know. But I know, I, just, I don't like want to necessarily underhand Favreau's contribution to the... It's a huge undertaking to make it look this good, but at the same time, like, you know, at what point is this original movie No, I, I get anymore? that, and I think yeah, my, yeah. my only concern is why <laughs> this is the most redundant movie. <laughs> like, it's yeah. The Lion King, and it's... I mean, yeah, again, from a visual effects standpoint... Yeah, I'm all about seeing what that's going to look like, just out of basic curiosity. But as far as the necessity for this, there is none for me. Uh, the, the Lion King is like the last one that I would have thought that we needed a, a remake of compared to some other ones where I think there's more visual ambition uh, to go off of as far as blending live action characters and like the unique animated worlds or what have you. Right. But And not yeah. helping. And not that I dislike John Favreau, but it's like, he did jungle like let somebody else have a crack at one of these. Like, what's John Favreau need to do? To, like, like he's 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 already got executive producer credits to all these Avengers movies. How much money does this man have? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> He, he wants to secure himself as a Disney legend at, when, at the next D23. Yeah. I, I oh. <laughs> Get one of those jackets. Um I assume they all have fancy jackets that only them have. Um I Yeah, I don't yeah. I mean I like Jungle Book, but again that that to me worked because it wasn't a direct shot for shot remake of Jungle Book. And that's right. that's why Beauty and the Beast didn't work for me because it was basically a shot for shot remake of Beauty and the Beast. It's like, I don't need to see And it was worse. And it, yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't yeah. very good. That didn't help either. But it's like I don't I don't need a redundant like so making Lion King, which has a very direct story as opposed to kind of a loose ensemble, which is what Jungle Book is, it's like, all right. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna get a longer version of this story, so we'll see. But it looks great though. Yeah, it looks I mean, very. I, mean, I don't expect it not to. It's the one they probably spent yeah. the most. They put the most investment in because you know it's yeah. gonna make ducats and ducats of money. Like no and question. Are, and are we gonna cry harder that it's a live, live action version of Mufasa dying? In a whoa, whoa! Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, but, but yeah, the Lion King opens. Can't up wait to for uh, the movie to open. And I just can't wait to be king. But the movie opens up July nineteenth, twenty nineteen. By the way, no, not enough talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT. Man of the house. You don't want to talk about it. You want to do a JTT podcast? <laughs> he, went to, he went to Costa Rica. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll start our spinoff podcast where we talk about every single episode of home improvement until he left the cast. That'll be a 300 and something. <laughs> episode. It'll be great.
Uh, anyway, yeah, okay. So that that's that. Let's move on. Let's get let's get out of this. Let's get out of the trailer talking. Let's move on to our first review for Ralph breaks the internet. Three, two, one, go! One second, I'm having the time of my life. The next thing I know, my game is just Kim. gone. Oh no, I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All we gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! Attention to detail is pretty impressive. Well, well, well. Who are you? I think we should get out of here. Whoa. Showtime. Let's race. Come and get it. Get back on the track. There is no track. I can drive anywhere. I love it here. Who knew there's so many babies and cats in the world? Ha, that is what the internet was made for. It's full of weirdos. <laughs> my life. I don't think I could ever tell Ralph. There's no law saying best friends have to have the same dreams. This is what's called the dark net. Are you sure this is safe? Just whatever you do, do not look at his little brother. Oh, his little brother? What are you doing here? <clears throat> the reason I came to your neck of the face. I mean, there's a face in your neck. I mean, woods. Neck of the woods. All right. That should have been some of the trailer for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Wreck-It Ralph entered our lives in 2012, showing just how lovable a villain could be. Now he's back along with his best pal, Vanellope, for an adventure into the Internet. With a need to get a part for Vanellope's game from eBay, the two delve into the World Wide Web and discover so much about what is out there. This includes the role of viral videos and opportunities to be a part of a game Vanellope may be more inclined to stick with. Meanwhile, Ralph is doing all he can to earn some virtual cash while dealing with new shape... <laughs> while dealing with his new... <laughs> yes? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> while also dealing with the new shapes his friendship may take. David, what were your thoughts yes. on... Uh... Wreck-It Ralph. Where, where are you in this one? I really had fun with it. It's a very enjoyable movie. And um, to put it shortly, you know, since we could get into a real discussion, it's, I, I, I do wonder more about the reason of it existing than the first one. The first one was, like, was pretty, pretty rad. You know, you had a villain of a video game who doesn't want to be a villain. And then here, it's like, kind of throwing away all of what they are. And just having them go on a, on a little buddy movie. And I mean, it's not a bad story. It's a, it's a really fun movie, but yeah, it, the, the reason for it existing is, is a little bit more questionable to me, questionable to me, but I liked it. All right. Abe. 
Uh, I was confused by this movie at some points, and I think on the whole, I didn't like it as much as the first one. I think there were some uh, not narrative problems. I think there's actually some character problems where I was like, I it, this seems a little strange to me, and I had more questions about the world that they were in rather than in the first one where it was pretty much self-contained within the video game universe or of their little arcade in Ohio or wherever it is. Um, I think there's actually some cool things that they're doing here with like some of the self-referential, uh, some of the self-referential uh, jokes, but for the most part, I also felt as though it was not self-referential enough until maybe like the second half. Um, so, for example, they're going to the internet and they're seeing all these websites that are real. There's actually a mixture of real and fake websites. Um, and then they finally get to the part where you've seen it in the trailers where she finally talks to some of the Disney princesses. And I thought this is actually really clever. I thought that it was going to be a little bit more on this level of nonsense and, and tomfoolery. Um, not to say that the movie can't have uh, whatever it's trying to go for in the themes of friendship and how friendships evolve over time. And a cohesive but I kinda... story as opposed to venturing off into nonsense land. <laughs> that too, yeah. But uh... – on the whole, I, I was kind of annoyed by the characters, to be honest with you. And, and I think that that comes from me kind of realizing that they're doing things that are they're, – they're not the best way to do things. And that kind of arises some questions. So the example I would give is they have to go get something off of eBay. And in doing so, they, they charge up the price a, a lot. And which, I was thinking, which doesn't happen in real life like that, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, just good to know because I was I had questions about that too. But then the the part that kind of confused me was like, how did they get real money to pay for this? So uh, it's sort of answered, but still there's some some questions I mean, it's, within it's the story. So, it is answered. It's not sort of. Answered. It is like, answered. But there's there's still just questions on how it's executed, I guess. Um, and I, I'm not going to dive into it too much, but for the most part, I was. Again, the characters kind of annoyed me. They, I get what they were going for, and I get the story that they're going for. But I was moved by the first one to a degree in which I didn't expect, um, because the storyline kind of crossed that level, like what David mentioned, of, hey, it's just a pretty simple story of this bad guy trying to be good, and he's tired of it, and he, he never really has a chance to, to shine kind of thing. And uh, in this one, I was like, I guess it's about friendship and, and how you got to let things go, but... When you let things go, doesn't that kind of create some chaos and problems in the original game that somebody's in? So there's there's some questions here. Yeah, I um I like Wreck It Ralph. I my issue with it was I thought it got stuck in one land too much, and I wasn't huge on that given the potential of the film. That said, I like the emotional story that they're telling between Ralph and Vanellope. I thought that worked really well. This one, I like that it continues that along as far as where their friendship goes and what this means and everything and evolves that in some effective ways. Um, my, what kind of, what makes this movie not reach the same heights as the first one for me is that it's just not funny enough. Um, I, <laughs> I, I like what this movie's about more than how it executes it because I think there's some really interesting themes going on here. Um, some heavy ones, in fact, for a movie, a PG movie about Breaking Ralph, because um, it has to tackle the internet, which inherently right. has a lot of different things that it can go into, um, and has to kind of tread some narrow lines, narrow narrow waters. You know, it has to work into the constraint of being a children's movie while trying to tell the story it wants to tell. And what I enjoyed about that, as far as on a writing level, 
I, I think it does a really interesting job of taking these two and pushing them to certain extremes as far as what friendship is and how it can change and what that means for the people involved. So you have like Penelope who finds herself bored in her game because she's too good at it essentially. And so she, and she finds this new game slaughter race and it's like, all right, I'd rather do this now. And the reaction that Ralph has, it's like, okay, he, he doesn't want to lose his friend and the way it kind of, turns into something which i don't want to get into because it's basically the third act but the the way it manifests itself is visually really creative and also highly reflective of just how social structures work as far as like tacking on to somebody and and, and turning and having it threatened to become toxic so it's like that stuff's really interesting in addition to like what they try to do with the internet and how they tr- walk the line of showing the good things about it as well as the bad things, such as looking sure. at comments and stuff. So it's like, there's a lot of ideas here, and I like that the movie's ambitious enough to try to embrace that. And it's mixing that ambition with visual ambition, because the movie is wonderful to look at. There's so many, as opposed to the first film, something I liked is that they're constantly moving to different places in this movie. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of how much time we spent in Slaughter Race because I just didn't find it all that appealing. But right. I but it it didn't feel like it got bogged down into one place for too long, and so I really enjoyed that element of it. The problem is, I just didn't find it as funny as it could be. I think there's so much more joke potential that wasn't quite cashed in on. There's some great parts. There's some great funny moments. The princess stuff is funny. There there's a lot of other things right. that are funny, but it started to lean on. The same thing I probably would have accused of the Emoji movie of if I were to have seen it as far as we're just pointing to this thing and saying it's funny because it's there as opposed to making a joke out of it. And so, That's kind of where I fell with, with some of the reference humor as well because yeah. they, they showed Snapchat prominently. I was like, Snapchat's not really a thing anymore. Um, and so there's some some stuff that's already dated. And I I enjoyed that they – I actually enjoyed the voice cast a lot. I, I really liked Bill Hader kind of being like the, the – um, the what is he, a pop-up yeah a spam yeah. a spam dude and i liked what they did when they finally go to like his website so to speak um but there's actually when i saw the the realization of the internet here there's a movie called summer wars which is about this this japanese anime about the this uh-huh. kid that gets sucked into the uh, the world the 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 mainframe and it, it kind of spoke a lot to the same sort of beats of hey you know things are in like little different worlds and they're in cubes and you can go visit them so I actually didn't think that they explored the world enough. Um, so to your point, Aaron, where you were saying that maybe they could have gone and, and or you liked how they kind of, uh, I agree that Slaughter Races, they spent too much time there, uh, but they didn't really check anything else out either. Like They well, sort of only like went a, to like... There's a time crunch in the movie. Like They have something that drags. No, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. already long. Like This is a long movie. It's it like, is a long movie. It's two hours. two hours. It's almost yeah. two hours. And, like... and so <laughs> I definitely felt that length as well. But I want to let David in here. <laughs> I want to let David in here and, and kind of just uh, elaborate a little bit more on his thoughts. But um, everything that you mentioned, I can agree with in terms of not being funny enough and whatever else. But I didn't think that they handled the themes that well because they didn't hit me hard with the theme of like they hit you hard with the theme over the head in like the second and third acts. The first act, I was like, I don't understand where this this is coming from. You know, it seems as though she was super happy to be a part of her game now for real. Um, instead of just being like a glitch side character, she's actually one of the the more the more coveted racers in uh, in Sugar Rush. She's bored, so right? I got that pretty easily. That seemed pretty clear. Is is when the, couldn't you make that case for a lot of other of the people in the in the video games? 
Well, yeah. not all the characters are the same. She's her own person, and her own. And she's she's clearly bored by it. Everyone I else, suppose everyone else seems very satisfied if they're standing in their games. Right. Like Pixie Felix is like, all right, I'll fix it. Like I'm good. It, <laughs> it, it's kind of it's kind of a, re- a reverse of the first movie where. You yeah, know, Ralph, Ralph is Ralph tired is, of being yeah, a Ralph bad guy. Annoyed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then now it's Penelope who's tired of being like. Well, I mean, she she likes being the best, but she's tired of not. There's no being challenge. Challenged. There's no challenge. Yeah. There's, there's no ladder sure. to climb. She's at the top although, of the ladder all the time. You know, yeah. Although realistically, just go home with Ralph with the part, fix it, uh, and then go back to the internet. You know, it's like that yeah. would be real life how that would be solved. But uh, you know, I don't. But yeah. yeah, back to the the eBay thing. Yeah, like you can't just start spouting numbers and outbid <laughs> the other person. Like the other person has to have like a high bid first before. So like that was like, this doesn't happen. This is this, this is how like a live auction. Well, works, what, it was know, Ralph and Vanellope were going back and forth. So they yeah, two yeah. That's I mean that's how a live auction works, but not how eBay works. <laughs> but I know that they did that just for laughs because yeah, it yeah. was just kind of like funny how <laughs> it was, they don't have the concept of money. But yeah. that, yeah, and that, that's actually the part that uh, kind of made me a little bit annoyed is because the more that I was involved with these people on the internet, Ralph and Vanelpia, the more I thought, these are, they're, I, would, I don't want to say that they're idiots, but they're so like fish out of water type thing. They don't know how any of this stuff works. And it's, it's, an, it's, they're just getting themselves into more trouble. And so they don't I was, know that they're getting themselves into more trouble, though. Totally understandable. But from my standpoint just naive, of just, and it's the first time they've done this. They... Right, right, right. And so even with that, it sort of made me annoyed because, I mean, as much as I love Dumb and Dumber and I understood the concept of Dumb and Dumber, this kind of reminded me of Dumb and Dumber, but they were like less self-aware um, of, of that kind of humor. Uh, so they were doing things like feeding people rat poison, which they don't do in this movie. They do it in Dumb and Dumber. But, uh, you know, it, it's like they the Fairly Brothers kind of had a different type of concept. I'm not, tra- I'm not trying to say that they should be the same movie, but... I just didn't like the character turns in this one as much. I thought that they were they were irresponsible to some degree, um, and that annoyed me. So when it finally comes down to the third act of fleshing out, like what you said, Aaron, I actually really liked the manifestation of. I don't know what you would call it. Is it? Is it like Ralph? Is Say it, Ralph? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a virus. It's, it's a, a virus. virus. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, like in terms of like a feeling, you know, like it's the manifestation of like uh, of wanting or or what have you you know what i mean like it's it's just i actually appreciated that they kind of took that weird dark turn it's being but being needy needy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a better adjective for it i like yeah. that they took that turn because like what you said if they focused on the positives and negatives of the internet this is something that would be a true thing you know so it's um i like that they sort of did that but they did it in such strange ways that I, I didn't think that it was all that cohesive. Hmm. I mean, I, the, I, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I'm not I, there, I like, I like I'm not there with the character stuff. I think the character stuff is all handled well as far as showing me what the next step would be from Wreck-It Ralph as far as who these people are and finding a clever way to, to delve into it from there. Oh, for sure. And as far, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Even, but as far as you're saying, like... Um, you're annoyed by them. It's like I can't think of anything else beyond the eBay thing that's really irresponsible. I mean, there's 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 um choice well, putting, there's, there's putting viruses. No, but they, I mean, but that but that comes from an emotional place. That's not because I'm naive about something. That's that's sure. or because Ralph is. That's because he's he's making a, a split second decision based off 
what he thinks might correct like it, that's the, that's different from e, from the ebay thing to me as far as that that's a that's a whole nother layer of sure. why he's going that direction but as far as everything else they're doing like, right like i mean what's, the whole what's yeah, the, eBay's the, just the ebay the... thing's the only thing that makes it like an issue where like, everything else they're just trying to solve problems at that point they're learning about things on the internet such as the mm-hmm. the uh, what is it called where you're scraping money or whatever loot hunting the loot hunting stuff loot hunting. Like, yeah these things like which is a again i think is an it's not as funny as I'd like it to be, but it's a neat gateway to see other things that are going sure. on in the, in the visual representation. of. That. I mean, they, they even, and David, I'm going to let you uh, enter in here in a second, but they even go to places like the dark web, um, which, you know, they, they, they very tiptoe the line of like what it is kind of thing, which is appreciated. But I think that it's really good for them to explore these things. of just saying, you know, there's actually really bad places on the internet as well um, that you can find viruses or you can find uh, things that uh, are, are difficult to search for. But um, yeah, I, you, I agree with, on, on those points of the internet kind of being plus and minus. I kind of wish that they hammered that a little bit more, to be honest. But David, what were you going to say? Um, oh, I was just going to bring up um, Oh My Disney, which is a lot of the parts, you know, a lot of the people's favorite parts of the movie. Sure. With the with the princesses, but this is definitely what I wanted to same, ask you about. What did you think of all this stuff? <laughs> at the same time, these princesses shouldn't be in this movie. They have no reason existing in the internet, like the way they are. I I, I know what you mean too, because they kind of just are there as a quiz to find out who your princess character is. Right. So I agree with you that why would they exist here? Um, yeah, and... because the internet is mostly just people and information. It's not these random characters that have their own brains and way of thinking, and that's well, not their job to be. I mean, if we want to reach deeper into that hole, are they really like? They're, I don't think they're the sole embodiment of the Disney princesses. I think it's just this. They're the, not the Buzzfeed yeah. quizzes programming version of these of these princesses. No, right, totally. which doesn't and, exist. Which is just a quiz. It's not them really asking us. But what I they think that's. Well, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 of... given the oh my Disney nature, I mean, all the other Disney characters pop like you see what like uh, Judy yeah, Judy, Judy Hops and whatnot like pop up yeah, like. Yeah. In stormtroopers or what have you, it's like they all yeah. seem to exist in this area. You, the thing that yeah. I, I thought would have been funny is if you had multiple of them because that would be more representat- representative. Of hey, then, by like, the way, yeah, that thing. that comes back to the how much stuff are we going to pad into this movie when we're trying to tell a story? So. No, and I get it, and that's why you have to like have that. It's like a weird, um, it's a weird. Uh, uh, What's a balancing act of, well, we want to make things funny and self-referential, but we also want to make this story about Vanellope and and Ralph and their friendship and how it evolves over time. Um, and to me, they, they didn't really do the great job of balancing it out because I really liked that. It's not that I liked the Disney part. I actually really only liked the Disney princess part where, again, it was very self-referential of this is all that we are and this is who uh, this is what we do. <gasps> Whoa, whoa, ladies, I can't explain. See, um, I'm a princess too. Wait, what? Yeah, Princess Vanellope Von Schweetz of the uh, Sugar Rush Von Schweetzes. I'm sure you've heard of us, so it'd be embarrassing for you if you haven't. (laughs) What kind of a princess are you? 
What kind? Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Then I have to assume you made a deal with an underwater sea witch where she took your voice in exchange for a pair of human legs? No. Good <gasps> lord. Who would do that? Have you ever had true love's kiss? Ew. Barf. Do you have daddy issues? I don't even have a mom. Neither do we. And now for the million dollar question. Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes, what is up with that? She, she is, is a princess. princess. <laughs> uh, for the most part, it was very funny just in the way that they were interacting with Vanellope. But when it comes down to it, <laughs> that was like a sliver of the movie and everything else is like slaughter, slaughter race, slaughter, is it slaughter race? Uh, yeah. Everything else is like slaughter race and these feelings of the viral uh, video stuff is the huge viral thing. video stuff, yeah, which we should talk about. But there's there's a lot of other things that take the the over the reins of where they want to go with it. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I was looking for a different thing. I I didn't really have any sort of expectations, but I wasn't I wasn't that uh, as excited to see this or the completion of it as I was to see the completion of Wreck-It Ralph. Even like the third act where I said that I liked the the darkness of the tone, the resolution of it, it really didn't uh, affect me as much. And then they were kind of going for like a tear-jerk moment, and I was like, I really like that tear-jerk moment in the first one much more. I definitely think the first half of the movie is more successful than the second half. Mm -hmm. But that's almost like most Disney movies lately in a weird way. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something here that I wanted to just talk about. Um, I forget what it was now, though. The viral something videos. Uh, the viral yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was it called? It was. It was called like. Uh, what, like Buzz Tube. In their like world, Buzz Tube or something. Or? Yeah, it's like Buzz Tube. Yeah, with like three Z's. Because um, they wouldn't call it um, YouTube, or they but they, but or they mentioned Buzzfeed. but they mentioned YouTube, so it's like okay. Well, yeah. Mentioned, yeah. And Google owns YouTube, yeah. so they have Google there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, Taraji P. Henson is, yes, the algorithm for BuzzTube. But yeah, but they have to change the rules so that they make money in a different way here. I okay, guess, well, that's why what... it's not YouTube, yeah, so it makes sense. Right. Yeah. I see. Um, but yeah, I, Aaron, you had mentioned earlier that there's the dark side of it, which is the comments. And they are hurtful, but the thing is, they didn't... I know that it hurt Ralph in that moment, but quite honestly, comments like... I don't know, and then this is not a fair comparison, but when you when you see something like eighth grade versus this, where eighth grade is all about social media as well, and and kind of just how a person is trying to fit in, even though they're not really fitting in, that has a different striking tone than this one of of hey, I've made all these funny viral videos, um, and I've made money off it for a particular reason, and the the dark side is like not everyone's laughing at with you. They're sometimes they're laughing at you, and sometimes they actually just aggressively hate you. Um, and that didn't really come across, but see, I thought you know. it did come across. I mean, I, I, it doesn't take much to to nail that topic down, and for a movie that doesn't need to have that to begin with, I like that it did do that. I mean, I like that it showed you multiple sides of the internet, since the movie is all about the internet. In a, in addition to telling just you know the basic story of Ralph and Vanellope need to get this thing and then get back into like it's going into that area. It's going into yeah. the the real harms that could be caused within a PG Disney environment. Like you can't you can't go too far down that rabbit hole or else yeah. you're gonna like get really and, dark really quickly. Sure. And I th I think they move uh, move past it fast enough because 
they don't want to dwell on it. Just like in real life, you really don't want to dwell on it. I mean, if you see oh, John yeah. C. Riley or Rick and Ralph, either one, because they both work, if you see them suddenly get sad, you feel sad. Like, I don't need more than that. I don't need more to, really, to make me understand why Ralph feels bad now. It's like, he read mean things about him. I get it. Like, I, yeah. like regardless of what age I am, I get what that's supposed to be. I understand the meaning of that. Like, it... Yeah. I'm not saying that they're taking shortcuts. I'm just saying I think there's an understanding here in a movie that's already packed with other stuff where if it wants to go into that, it does. And I think it does so effectively enough given how much more it could really do well, or how much sure. how much more it has to do with the rest of the story. I, I guess my question would be, the follow-up question would be, how is that resolved with Ralph? How is it resolved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't need to be resolved. It's not something that can be resolved, and that's that's what Taraji B. Henson's character explains to him as far as, you know, there's there's a good side of the internet where we can have fun and laugh and everything, but yeah, there are people out there that just want to attack you because they have their own issues, which is, mm-hmm. that's a good life lesson right there, I would say. But it, but it's not, but it, yeah, like David said, it's you can't resolve, I mean, it's not like Ralph breaks the internet and, you know, the solution is he fixes the internet and takes down comments forever or something like no, that. No, no, yeah, no, totally, because that'd be, that'd be really out of the realm of, of what he should be doing. But I guess the question is, uh, what I'm more driving at is, you know, there are negative things about it, and it, it was kind of neatly tucked away just with Taraji P. Henson saying her line of, like, you know, sometimes you just don't read the comments. And it's I, like, think, I think it informs the rest of the story. Like, it informs why he becomes so emotionally connected to Vanellope as far as her trying to leave him and how it pushes the whole virus thing forward. Because it's like he's already in a down place, and now his best friend's about to leave him behind. So it's like, it, yeah, it, it turns into this much bigger thing, which, again— mm animation wise i think is incredibly creative like there's this and, and almost scary given what's going on in that sequence like it's it's really neat to see the big ralph stuff come to life in the way that it does sure. yeah and i i'm really impressed with both uh john c Riley and sarah silverman they kind of mostly disappear into these characters for oh, me yeah i, I you know, it's like i know who they are and i just interesting kind of like, when i see them on screen and i'm i'm seeing ralph and i see vanellope i feel i think they they changed their voice just enough to be these characters, and I'm really impressed with that. Like Riley, I kind of feel differently. Riley, I don't. I think that this just. I think this further ensures like just how iconic these characters are for these people, specifically sure. Silverman, because Silverman doesn't have as much of a film presence as Ron Chauncey Riley does. John yeah. Riley, who's having a terrific year. He's got this. He's got the Sisters Brothers. He's got um, the, uh, the the Holmes and Watson movie coming out. He's got the other thing that I can't think of right at this very second that it's annoying me. Um, <laughs> It's another big one. Uh, Stan and Ollie. That's right. The Laurel and Hardy movie, which I saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, John Zarelli's killing it this year. But I mean, yeah, no, more of them. And it's the way he incorporates himself into the videos and stuff like, like it. It just shows me how much I like John C. Riley as Ralph. And it shows, I think, how much people like both of these characters as these people. Like, I think there's a... Sure there's a reason why this is a sequel to begin with and I, there's a reason why the reviews are quite strong and it made so much money people like these people people like these guys yeah yeah good job guys <laughs> it wasn't for me <laughs> maybe you should see it again maybe i should maybe i should i i it wasn't the audience that i that was lacking it was kind of just more like i don't know what's i just didn't it didn't jive with me so hmm now, did yeah. you watch it after you saw some reviews, or I generally go in uh, without without reading any reviews and also uh, seeing anything. Like, sure, maybe a tomato meter score, but that usually doesn't do anything for me. And I, okay. I 
I typically also try not to watch anything beyond trailer number one. So I'll see the teaser and, yeah. and trailer. So for example, there's a mid credit stinger sequence with baby Moana <laughs> playing a video game and saying like, you didn't see this in the trailer. I was like, I didn't see it. Cause I, I don't, I don't, I didn't watch that trailer. <laughs> but it, it's funny because that mo- that scene got cut and then they put it right there. And it was, oh. it was a very, it, it was very funny because a lot of people do complain when something's not in the, in the movie. Oh, I will yeah. say without spoiling anything, um, that I think the the end credit stingers in this movie are like all timers for me. I think they're both really good. <laughs> really? It's pretty, it's pretty oh, strong. Man. I was yeah. annoyed by the last one. The last one was great. Oh, was like... I, I get it. No, I totally got it. But I was like, I don't like the idea of like animated characters dancing. Like because you can, you make them dance. You know what I mean? What? That's a that's a weird thing to be against. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that it's right like, now. Oh, make, them, make them do whatever we want, so we'll make them dance and and have like a good time. It's like. I mean, if, I feel like that's like some of the oldest things that animated cartoons have exactly. done. Exactly, like like Ally McBeal dance. dancing baby. Like that's like the... in 1999. Whoa! But, but specifically, what it is, I mean, it's I, I, it's, I, it's such an internet thing to do, especially like it totally applies to the movie. Like it's great. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, um, when when should people go and see Ralph breaks the internet, David? Right now in the theater. Abe, as soon as possible. I think that you could wait for like a 4K Blu-ray. Oh, it certainly, look great in a 4K Blu-ray. I won't deny that. But I yeah, would say, yeah, even no. if you don't have a 4K TV or Blu-ray yeah, exactly. player, just get the 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, just get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spend, spend the money. We want to get those Disney paychecks, guys. So make yeah. sure to get those 4Ks. This is why I'm not getting Disney paychecks. I'm like grading them lower. But yeah, no, I I would say to see this in a theater. I think I think it's a fun movie. I I would have liked to have fun. had more fun, but I I. I do like what it's about uh, quite a bit. So, yeah. I do think this has this movie will probably be more accessible to more people because of the subject matter than the first one was, even though the first one was better. I can agree with that as far as, yeah, the kind of the wide berth of the internet versus specific video game jokes, even though it spends so much time at Sugar Rush. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, that's our review of Ralph Rakes the Internet. Um, let's move on now. Let's get to our review of Creed if we don't do what we love then we wouldn't exist it's time kid Nothing really matters to him right now, including me. You gotta think real hard about this. Do you got people that need you now? I'm taking the fight. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. It's not just us anymore, Dave. I want to rewrite history. If you want to fight this man, that's your business. But don't pretend this is about your father. 
this here is all about my wife, my kids, the life that I live. Through the night, I was his. It was right what I did. My ups and downs, my slips, my falls, my trials and tribulations, my heart, my balls. This won't be the end of me. Or you. It can't be, because we're a team. Now you know what you're fighting for. Round after round, you learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. That should have been some of the trailer for Creed 2. I will note that Zaggy had not seen Ralph Breaks the Internet, see so he dropped off there, but he's going to be back with us now. And David had seen Ralph, obviously, because you he just heard him, but he has not seen Creed 2, so he's dropping off. And so, yeah, another, <laughs> another three-person review. And then, everybody will, and then everybody will be back together again for this exciting conclusion of Out Now, episode 345. Um, <laughs> so let's get into it. Creed 2, uh, following his debut of Fruitvale Station, Ryan Coogler was able to go the distance by setting our hearts on fire with his new direction for the Rocky franchise. Filming with the Eye of a Tiger, we got Coogler's vision for Creed, featuring Michael B. Jordan. Now, Kluger's got to fly now over to Marvel, which means Creed 2 needed new blood. Rather than let the potential sequel break anyone involved, Stephen Cable Jr. stepped up for the century. That finds Adonis Creed now taking on Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago. Stallone's Rocky disapproves, but this means too much to Adonis, who risks his family to take on this great challenge. Zaki, I'm aware that you are a Rocky fan. Where were you with with Creed? Like, what was like your build up to Creed? Like the idea of doing a movie spin off of Rocky, and then what did you think of this this latest chapter? Um, you know, when I when I when I heard the first inklings of of Creed happening, I was I was wary because, you know, I mean they did they they had sent off that series about as well as it could possibly have gone out. You know, it went out with its boots with its boots on with Rocky Balboa. Uh, but then, you know, the more I found out about it, the more I was like, oh, this is a good idea. And then by, by the time it was coming out, I was just as excited for Creed as I was for The Force Awakens, because they were both about a month apart. Uh, that's how big of a Rocky fan I am. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think of Creed 2? Oh, my gosh. I love this movie. I, I've seen it twice now, and I, I liked it even more the second time. Um, yeah, I, I think the first one is a better movie, but I think that this is a, it's about as good a Rocky sequel as you can make because we have enough Rocky sequels now that we can see the spectrum of, of, you know, the, the good ones and and the not so good ones. And this is probably the best Rocky sequel we've ever gotten in my opinion. Okay. Wow. Abe, where uh, where are you at in all this? So to answer your first question of of what I thought when Creed was announced, I was also very wary, and I was thinking to myself, what, what are they going to do? They're, we've already seen six versions of Rocky. Um, <laughs> how could they possibly do anything that is quite different from this? And to be honest, they really didn't do anything too differently because it's still like the origin story of a boxer coming up. But what they did is they added a whole heart of like um, – angst and anger to a character that i had never met before and they kind of made uh, a movie that that felt kind of 
lived in or or like more a little bit more uh, grounded um and it actually made a movie they didn't just make a boxing movie they made like a full-fledged movie of like hey this kid has you know he's he's living in shadows to some degree but he wants to be his own self and then just by happenstance there happens to be a character named rocket that helps him out as well who happens to know his his father and i was blown away by creed um i think the 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 direction of it from ryan coogler and the way they handled it and uh, just the way that they technically did a lot of things uh, blew me away. And I've seen Creed like four or five times now. Um, it is still something that, that kind of still holds up with just the way that uh, the story goes. So Creed 2, when I, we've talked about this trailer in Creed 2, I was like, I don't know. I'm not really seeing anything all that different from what I saw in Creed. And it seems like it's a rehashing of, of, of Creed. And so going into it. It's not as though I had expectations, but I certainly went into it with an open mind, and um, I think that it was okay. I, I don't think that I was ultra. I don't. Uh, Zachy said it as well. He enjoyed the first one much better than than Creed Two, but I'm not on the same level of Creed Two as Zachy is. And with that, there's just a lot of, I think, underdeveloped Ivan and also Victor Drago, and I think that, that actually oh, could have been. Ooh, Pat, uh, we'll get there. As far as what this movie needs to do, I disagree. We'll we'll get there because I think that there's a lot of interesting things that happen to Ivan after the fight. Um, there's like a lot of like uh, there's actually some cool character development turns with Victor that goes into this fight. Um, but as far as as Creed goes, he's he's quick to the timeline is kind of quick to for him to jump on this and and you know fight and then train and then fight um and i i'm not really sure why it just didn't hit with me as as hard i mean i didn't really think that the the whole entire uh motive behind a, uh what is his name um i, yeah, I guess it's just creed but uh what's his first name donnie adonis sorry adonis uh creed was all that there i mean this is a guy that I really enjoyed the um, his anger and his his like rise fall redemption of of Creed one of realizing that you know it's not really uh, it's his story now and then in this one it kind of feels like it's not really his story it, it feels like there's a continuation of it but it doesn't really feel as as uh, as a hundred percent complete because I I didn't really feel like there was um. I didn't feel as though I feel as though they're trying to jam some things in there that that he didn't really think about in the first one. So I know I'm not making a whole lot of sense now, uh, but I, I it didn't really rock with me all that all that hard. I uh, I'm with Zachy. Um, I, I and you know I adored Creed. Creed was on my top ten that year. Um, yeah. And I was super. I was so high off of Ryan Coogler because I love Fruitvale Station. I'm like, of course this is gonna work. Why wouldn't it? And it did. And I was like, yeah, see, right. I told you. And, um, so this movie losing Coogler, um, if I say losing, it's like you know he's making Black Panther. What's he got to do? He's making yeah, he's making another movie. And he he made his passion project already, which was Creed. So it's like yeah, he's, he doesn't need to do another one. Does make it. Yeah. So yeah, going into this, I I didn't know what to expect because the premise is ridiculous. Um, it it's not that far away from what reality would be if this actually existed as far as, you know, the son of a boxer. It's like, of course the promoter would find the son of the other boxer that the, like that, that makes sense. I, I can understand that happening, but as far as a movie premise goes, Creed two, where he takes on the son of Ivan Drago, it's like, that's pretty fucking convenient. So it's like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's see how that goes. And what I love about this movie is that it knows how stupid it is. And it's like, it wears that as just as much of a challenge as 
Victor Drago is to Creed as far as, oh, you think this is stupid? Well, we're going to double down on how stupid it is by showing you how great the characters are in this movie. And that's why I disagree with you. I think the characters are great here. And what I think it really wisely does is it's, it, it lowers the amount of Stallone. It could have easily amped that up, especially since he co-wrote the script, which he didn't the right. first time. But instead, Stallone, who could be a very good filmmaker... He wisely is like, you know what? I know how to tone myself down. Like, there's not a lot of Rocky in this movie. There's so <laughs> the there's not much Rocky in this film, which I think is a great benefit. There's more Felicia Rashad, which is also very good. You know, his mom. She's, she's knocking it out of the park, and she is. And there's more Wood yeah. Harris, and there's more there's more Tessa Thompson. There's more, and there's most importantly, there's more Michael B. Jordan, who is big. He's so he's he was already big in Creed and his Killmonger, and now he's like even bigger. It's like how Jesus, how big can Wallace get? Remember Wallace? He was so little. That was huge. <laughs> He's this giant guy now. He's the yeah. heavyweight champion of the world. It's like, it's crazy. But right. regardless, what I like is the movie acknowledges how dumb it is right away and is just like, we're going to double down on everything else that matters in this movie. And I like I like Donnie here. I don't like how stubborn he is, but I like that the movie is really investing you into this inner struggle that he has of how... I've already proven to everybody else that I'm my father's son. How do I prove that to myself? That's what this movie feels like to me. It's like, now what do I do next? I've not only have I shown everybody that I'm Creed's son and I'm just as good or whatnot by becoming a heavyweight champion. And by the way, this movie starts like John Wick 2. He gets his car back. And it's like, okay, we've got that out of the way. Now what do I do for myself? And that's what this movie is about. Like, it's about him finding, like, how, do, how can I be a better man than my father? How can I get my own family? What can I do with that? How can I be a, or a smarter boxer? And he makes stupid choices along the way, but it doesn't go like the Rocky Three route where... I don't like the choices that Stallone's making and he's being a real meathead about them. I don't like the choices Creed's making, but the film finds some neat ways to, to subvert that. Like, the ends of the both the giant fights in this movie, I can't say that I, I didn't see the result coming as far as who would be victorious in some way, sure. but the the means to how those fights reaches their reach their end, I was very happy with how they both did that because they don't just copy the other Rocky movies; they take on a new idea, a new perspective of what that means. And after, especially after the first one with Victor, it it really has to delve into okay, who is Adonis now that he's done this thing, and it doesn't go the way he expects it to go, nor the audience necessarily. And it it delves into that, it delves into what kind of challenge he's facing, and he has to rebuild himself, and it does, and it does all the things that a Rocky movie does, but it does it quite well. I wouldn't say it's as flashy as Creed. I still think Creed's a better movie, but I, I and I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's. I, I would it, say that they're just different. They're like, different, but I mean, I'd yeah. still say Creed is better. But I, but no, I no, no, for but, sure. Yeah. But but I mean, even in Cable Junior's director, I think he does a good enough job. But I mean, there, you know, there's some flashiness in Creed with like the the giant one shot of that one fight he had, and some of the other stuff. That's well, there, there's on. a couple one shots in Creed. Yeah, yeah. That, that are really well. Well done and direction wise i think there's some interesting visual composition when it comes to showing certain things using color and what that that i appreciated it but no i i really liked how the characters were constantly kept at the forefront of this film it's a better drama than a sports movie to me and what i disagree with you about the dragos the movie doesn't have to tell you anything about them it can just make them completely one-dimensional and it doesn't it gives you ivan drago and i don't need a whole backstory retracing his 30-year gap between Rocky that, and, 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 and stallone actually says that in the movie I, <laughs> he's like you've been thinking about this for like 20 years but like, he's like yeah. <laughs> but Drago doesn't need Drago does Dolph sorry Drago Dolph Lundgren who I've never considered to be a great actor uh, I don't care how many you know chemical engineering degrees that he has he he's 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 a, <laughs> he's 
He is. He's, he's, just, he's an insanely I, smart I know. Person. He's a really smart guy. But I was yeah. like, what does that have to do with no, I'm saying, I don't care how much that reflects in real life. In the movies, he's just a face to me. He's just a presence. He's a big guy. Sure. Good for him. But this is a movie where it actually gives you that chance in just moments, in just a few looks that he gives. And this, like, you can see this world weariness that he has, where, how he starts this movie, how he's just living in this crappy apartment in, what, Romania or whatever? Uh, Hungary? Yeah. Is it Romania? Is it Romania? Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Thank you. It's one of these. Um, it's just like I get everything that's going on here. It's like this is a guy that fell from grace, that doesn't have anything now. All he has is his son, and he's trained his son to be a, a, a fucking hyena, just just something that preys on people, that just destroys <laughs> them. Like that's what he is now. Like that's that's the position he is. And you have Victor, who's even less of a character. But I don't like. What am I going to learn from him that I really need to know? I get it. His father trained him to be just nothing but a weapon, something that he can use to throw it back at him. Especially now that Rocky has found a protege who's just as good as the man. He, like he has everything that he doesn't, and it's all there. It's all right there in front of me. And I just really appreciate how the film went about doing that. Uh, you know, I I think that ha- having uh, rewatched it just hours ago, uh, I really got a sense of how the the character development on the Drago side. I think was just right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think what we get is enough to take the audience on a journey where we start out carrying the baggage of however we feel about uh, Ivan Drago after Rocky IV, which is the same way Adonis feels. And yet, by the end, without spoiling anything, we're at a point where the movie has very surreptitiously and subtly made us, like, not root for them, but to feel bad for their situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that's I mean that's that's this amazing like yeah this is again this is nothing new everyone said this but you know Rocky Four is the most cartoonish not just Rocky movie but like maybe the most cartoonish eighties movie and I include <laughs> cartoons in that list you know and sure. to take that movie and what what Creed two does is it basically says we're going to treat that as a historical event we're not going to wink at it. Mm-hmm. And it 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 somehow spins that into, uh, you know, dramatic gold, you know, and and it's sure. such an, an amazing trick, you know. I, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, no, and I, I totally see what you guys are saying there too, because um, I like how they basically just took Rocky Four and made it fact, right? Yes. It, that's that's just a matter like they watch videos of it and i was like oh if he keeps watching he's gonna see uh he's gonna see finally when uh gorbachev uh claps for rocky at the end because <laughs> he's like watching and it's like halfway through the movie but uh what i also liked about it is that yeah there is some some backstory on the dragos what i really liked about it is the dinner scene that they have there because you really get the sense of victor really kind of confused about why his dad needs all this and to be honest, like that larger looming theme of the sins of a father kind of thing, mm-hmm. I like that in Creed and also Drago. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, why does this matter to us, this new generation? You know, like, and they honestly do away with it um, by just there's there's certain looks that the characters give, and there's some realizations the characters come to that that resolves that part. But what I wanted was maybe not not what I wanted, but what I would have thought had been cool is is you know, Victor, you don't have to do any of this. Like he actually comes to that realization himself, and it's kind of unfortunate the way that they that they uh, have that sort of fight at the end there. Just like, you know, people just keep walking out of their lives, kind of thing, and and it is what it is. And at that point, you kind of you do feel for the character. Um, 
I think that I would have enjoyed this as a Victor Drago story, to be honest with you. And then you had the you have the uh, additions, uh, la- additional layers of Creed and Apollo continuing to evolve. But it would have been fascinating to see, like, yeah, I've been training my whole life for this, and then at the end, it like it's not on me either. It's not on. It, it's my dad's thing, and he lost the fight. And yeah, we've fallen from grace because we work in in shitty uh, work yards and stockyards. But at the same time, like. Uh, it would have been a really fascinating, like, not not as I had to make a, a universe with it, but it would have really been a really fascinating crossover of just like, oh, they've kind of arrived at the same place on different on different pathways, but they've kind of like the the whole entire storyline that I, I was thinking I hear, about. I hear what you're saying. It's just I don't care about Drago, and so it's I I don't I don't need a movie you, starring you, Florian, big nasty mentor. No, 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 yeah. And, like and I don't I don't thing. need an extended period. I just need those little bits. That's what it, like he's an enemy. He's the villain of this movie. And look he's at his eyes. When, he's, when, he's, when he stares at Creed and with his big, intense eyes, I'm like, I, there's nothing I really need from this. So the fact that they gave me those little bits, the fact that they gave me, like, you know, this is a movie that it gets rid of the Philadelphia montage stuff, and it it cleverly replaces it with Drago visits, visits those points. He visits the steps. He sees the big icons of Rocky movies. And I thought that was I thought those moments really worked for me as far as showing me just what this is with that little level of humanity. Geek, sure. Because this is, it is Creed 2, and that's who I'm following. That's the story that I'm getting, and that's the story I appreciated more. But the, if they're going to give me something to go about the villain, much like they do in most of these Rocky movies, like even the last one, it was like when he's going off the jail, but he wanted to have one last fight. Like, I don't need much. <laughs> yeah. I don't need much there, but you're giving me a little bit. And yes, there's already some. There's already a, a you know a history with Drago, which is you know in, you can infer, which everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I don't need more of that. So that the fact that the movie's going to spend you know t- twenty minutes split up into different sections to give me just a little bit of hint of that. That's all I need. I don't need to have a whole backstory or a whole different like how no, no, Victor no, Drago no, came up yeah. in Ukraine as a kid or what. No, 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 no yeah, totally. I, I I get that too because it it otherwise you can't have. The movie titled Creed Two, yeah, I don't but also need, I don't need the RCU. Nobody, nobody's watching I don't, that I don't movie. Need that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like nobody's watching the movie. But I think it would have been a little bit. Uh, I I would have enjoyed it if they if they went a little bit further. Um, not necessarily having to go like half the movie about Victor Creed and them growing up in, in the Ukraine and him boxing the same way that Michael B. Jordan kind of does in Mexico in the first one, but just more of you know. Like, this doesn't matter to him either. Like, he's been trained for this thing. But the thing is, like, like the the episode that I think that I think about when I watched this movie was that episode of The Simpsons where Rod and, and Bart have to do mini golf. Uh-huh. And at the end, they kind of just realize that this isn't our fight. And I actually really liked that episode just for the, the message that it sent. Tell me, tell me about Creed. Tell me, tell me more about the character of like the rest sure. of the movie because we're talking a lot about the Dragos, which don't make up much of the movie. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think that it was a uh, a movie that that hit upon why he cared so much about his dad. Now, like in the first one, it didn't seem as though he needed he like what you guys had said. He I, I, think, got over- I don't think it's about him facing up to his dad. I think it's just about a mix of who am I as a boxer. Why do it again? What do you have to prove? It's not about that. You wouldn't be any good to anybody if you didn't do what you love. You wouldn't be able to breathe, right? Well, I wouldn't be any good to anybody if I don't handle this the right way. But I need you.
I'll beat him. You better. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, vengeance, <laughs> essentially. Like, what it yeah, is. Yeah, but I, I, that's why I like Felicia Rashad's character of just saying, like, don't make this about me or your dad. This yeah, is she's, about Because she's smarter. She's smarter than him. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, yeah. And that. I, I guess that maybe I thought that he had gotten over that hump in the first one. It's not that though he needed to, I know that he needed to have this fight just to prove that he could have it. And he finally comes to that realization in the second fight. Um, it's weirdly similar to Vanellope in Brick Ralph Breaks the Internet. He's bored. He became, I, he, he became, well, he became heavyweight champion. And now it's like, he just has these fights. He doesn't care about like, that's this position in there. That's it's, it's why it's like, okay, here's this guy who's talking. That's the way that I would. That's not exactly to say it's not a one-to-one, but there is a similarity. But the fights that he's had leading up to him becoming heavyweight champion, like he's not, he's not satisfied by it. You can see it in that. Like he's not, he's not, he's, he got his car back. Great. Like, that's it. Like he's not taking that. <laughs> he's not taking that belt to me. Like, yes, I did it. I'm the heavyweight champion. Like even when that, after the beginning of the movie where he fought, wins the fight, he, he hardly recognizes that face. Like, Oh, I, okay. I won. Good. I can't, like, he's not, she's not, you know, hanging off the side of the ring and yelling, you know, yelling Bianca. Like he's saying all this. He's just like, I did. All right. <laughs> It's it's not until like the Dragos come in and start you know being punks about his dad. He's like oh. they they come in literally that night. I, yeah, <laughs> well they're watching the fight and 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 um, what's his name? Uh, Lions from uh, Fences. Russell Hornsby's like yeah. All I, was right. like, I was like the producer guy. <laughs> we got this ready. Or the motor guy from yeah, Motor Guy. Not uh, not Don. Um, what's his name? Don. Um, Don Cheadle. No, not Don, no the fight promoter guy. Um, with the oh hair. Don. Uh, Don yeah, King. Yeah, yeah. Don, Don King. Don King. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not yeah, Don sorry. King was there. Zachy, do you know what I'm saying about Creed and like where his position? What do you think? Where do you think his Creed's position is in this at, the, at this point in his life and how this movie moves him? I mean, I think that the struggle that he expressed at the end of the first movie, which is, I need to prove I'm not a mistake, mm-hmm. right? Which was incredibly poignant and effective. I don't think he's resolved that, right? He's still in the process of figuring it out, and he says it in the film. He says to his mom. I'm the champ, but how come I don't feel like it? Mm-hmm. Sure. And so in his mind, part of taking the fight is maybe this is that last dragon I need to slay. Maybe this will be the thing. Because I'm the champ, but it's not, you know, whatever I'm supposed to be feeling, I'm not feeling it, right? And and so he has to come to a place where he realizes that that it, it isn't really about his father. Like, all the, he's built up this thing in his mind. Like, I have to, uh, you know, and he's bought into the narrative. You know, he says it in the movie. Like, he's being interviewed by HBO, and he's like, well, this is it, right? Isn't this what you all want to see? Right. And he's bought into that. And he, I think he has to come to the realization. Like, at the end, the rematch, it's, you know, it's it's total Rocky Three, right? It's not, you know, it's not about, oh, I got to win the title back. It's like, I got to win my dignity but i need to prove to myself that i wasn't just a fluke sure yeah right because he wins the title and then his first time you know what are they saying oh wheeler was three years past his prime whatever right and then boom first time after winning the title he's just demolished right so it's about i mean i I said this on my show but i think it's very apt i mean this movie is built on the chassis of rocky three and they just kind of grafted bits of rocky four and rocky two onto it that's interesting 
What yeah, I like I is that I didn't, it, I didn't, it, it does it better than those movies. Like, yeah, like, well, I, like, I, didn't, I didn't specifically think about the framework of the Rocky franchise on this one. Um, but hard, yeah, you're it right. It's hard for me not to looking at the the nature. Like the when the Victor fight happens, is like, well, the movie's not about to end at an hour in, so it's like there's only one not. way this there's only one way this fight can <laughs> no, go. Yeah, but even then, uh, of course. Yeah. But again, that's why I like some of the subversions of how that fight ends. Like it doesn't end a way that I would that it could have. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. end the Rocky three like way. About that first fight is what happens to him after the fact yeah, of, just, yeah. of just, you know, being not confident and also kind of questioning whether, you know, he was mentally prepared for it by having Rocky kind of show up and be like, oh, now you want to now you want to coach me? I actually really like that scene. And I actually really like the scene where it's sad um, that scene when he's just, when well, he's yeah, just yeah. yelling at Rocky. That's really sad. <laughs> but I really like the scene where he drives away from the gym and 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 like a. Uh, uh, Lil Duke is just looking out the window, kind of thing. Oh, just yeah. like that wire reunion's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of PTSD stuff that that he's dealing with. Then PTSD. And, and by and by the way, I think I think uh, in in opposition to the scene when Adonis is like yelling at Rocky, like "Get out of here," basically, which is of course heartbreaking. But I think it makes the moment when they do uh, uh, embrace. Uh, that much more like oh finally like this is what we want we want them we like you know every time adonis calls him unk i'm like yeah you know because that's rocky you know he's all of our uncle you know like (laughs) stallone is very good in this movie by the way i under i I, i've told al he's he's not in it as much and he's not like it's not like this isn't going to get him like like 30 minutes max kind of thing but um, I think that's strategic. I think that's a good. No, no, I, I know what you mean because he's effective. Like, what's great about it is the movie tells him not to be in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's certain mm-hmm. scenes where he's not in there because it's an ostracization, ostracization, ostrac. And he's been ostracized because of <laughs> yeah. uh, how Michael B. Jordan is feeling in in a particular moment, um, and that's great because, like, what you're saying there, it's not as though. He's kind of like this wise man now. He's kind of like he's turned into like Yoda to some degree. Yeah, he's like a he, folksy old man that gives nice knowledge. <laughs> yeah, he's like dispensing like boxing knowledge all over the place. But um, it's not as though it, like it almost is like Yoda to some degree. It's like he doesn't show up all the time. He only shows up at, like in, in times of great need or or whenever like you you have to like figure out if you're gonna burn the the Jedi books. Um, well, he I mean he's Mickey in Rocky too. You know? Yeah, great point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I like that Sloan wasn't really there, and I actually like the way that they kind of just. Even at the end, there he's not really celebrating with them. You know what I mean? So, because yeah, he has which is, story. Which has, yeah. that's I mean, to me, that's as 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 clear a torch passing as as I've ever seen. I mean, the, that shot where it's it's on the outside of he's sitting exactly. on the outside, and it looks like a shot from a poster or something. You know, where you yeah. see he's wearing the Creed jacket. You could easily see that being like a Creed movie poster. Well, so, yeah. and so with that, I will say I was very worried about the the status of living that Rocky was going to have in this movie. Like the way they introduce him where he's just kind I of like, know what you mean. he's giving sage advice after everyone's already talked to him. It's like, they're not going to do this thing where he's like been dead the whole time. Are they? He's like, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's just like, in, he's in Michael B. Jordan's brain. Well, like in the, in the first scene, especially I'm like, cause nobody else talked to him. So I'm like, he didn't like die before this movie started. That's not the movie I'm about to watch, am I? And fortunately, they solved that like right away for me. It's so like okay, cool. that would be a uh, that'd be a bold choice. <laughs> it would be a bold choice, but I also be pissed and off. I would have been done with it. I would have been like, like, oh, this is really the, interesting. Way to the, do way, this. the way they show that scene where you just say where he's wearing the Creed jacket, just sitting down. I'm like, 
he's not going to like fucking fade out of this movie right now. And it's like, that wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> I'm walking out of this. Like, it would have been way too, well, it wouldn't even make any fucking sense given like how the rest of the movie played out. Let me ask you guys about some side characters here. What'd you guys think of Tessa Thompson's character and her expansion? It works well with the character with the, with, with I, the I liked and, it. Yeah. Like, I liked it. They, yeah. I, mean, I, I like I think, that. She, I think they has handle, her own passions to pursue and they, they let her do it. Well, they also, they don't forget that she has a, a hearing, a, you know, a, a hearing loss factor and the, how okay. that plays into their child that they're going to have. Like they, they, they don't let these plot points go away or become less of a thing or just make it a simple gimmick. Like it, it factors into the relationship that they have. But what I also like is they do more with Bianca than they do with Adrian. They figure out a way to actually keep her involved and invested in the character as opposed to just like, she's in a coma now. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> they, they actually find things for which they don't I mean, need to do. Why uh, did she have to leave her job at the uh, at the at the pet store? So. <laughs> oh, no, she went back to her job at the pet store. Yeah. Oh, she... <laughs> yeah but once once they had ro- once they had robot money, no need. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Rocky 3 or Rocky 4? Rocky, that's 4. Rocky 4. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's then that's the villain in the next in the next Creed, by the way, too. Polly's robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are they going to name? We have to figure out a name for it. But uh, other other side characters, Brigitte Nielsen shows back up. Uh, seems like <laughs> he's there for like a quick second. But was that even necessary? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, no, that 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 that's it. That's why the Drago stuff works so well for me. Like in addition to just seeing Dolph Lundgren living in a crappy apartment. Yeah. The idea yeah. that this is the person that represents like loss essentially because you walked out on him and what and, that means and what like, he thinks he can get back exactly like that's mm-hmm. a because what much like Dolph Lundgren Brigitte Nielsen is not a good actor so it's like I don't need her to do much in this movie <laughs> to, like, she, she's looking the same you know, yeah. you know but I, I'll tell you I mean you, I, I don't disagree with you about about Lundgren I mean he, he's not Olivier but mm-hmm. he this is like the best performance he's ever given oh, I mean yeah, he, no, that's, he, what, that's what I'm saying in this too yeah, yeah. I think yeah he, he the the history that comes with that character just by showing up means a lot, but they're, you know, sure. not everyone I mean, can well, do that. Not everyone just, can just make a look and like, you can infer everything you need to know about that. person. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, there's just so much character just on his face. I mean, the very first shot when he wakes up and he's sort of looking out at Kiev at this, just, I mean, it looks like a post-apocalyptic hellhole, right? Yeah, sure. And you just see on his face, the 30 years, like everything that's happened in the last mm-hmm. 30 right. years, you just see it, you know? And I, yeah, I it, think that's a good way for this. If this Creed fun- franchise is going to function this way, I, I am glad that it can like pay due to these characters as opposed to just making it in on the joke. Like I, I yes. like. I mean, as you guys have said, it's treating Rocky Four as this part of a sacred screed of rockiness. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess we have to take all this ser- more seriously now. And it does that again. Like it I does. said, it it rises to the challenge of how ridiculous this premise is. And it's like, you know what? We can make this work, and they do. <laughs> this could have been a they disaster. Do, they do. They could, yeah. This could have been it, a disaster. I don't, I don't like, think. It, I don't think it was going to become a disaster. But I, I didn't I think, think it was. It but I'm saying the I, hearing the idea that Creed Two is going to be about Creed facing off against Drago's son that makes me roll my eyes so fucking much. I can't like. I can't contain them. They fall out of my head and across <laughs> the room. So the fact that I didn't just get an entertaining Rocky movie, which is what I expected, I got a movie yeah. that's one of the better if not one of the best rocky sequels it's like yeah that works for me that works in my eyes sure as far as sequels go yeah i will give it up that this is a good sequel in the rocky franchise i mean i don't know where they're gonna go from here um not either you know it's, I hope it's, not it's made a lot of money <laughs> so the only way that i can think about is that uh you know adonis uh, becomes a trainer and he finds a new time of the machine gun so we'll <laughs> see what happens rocky five baby it's it's one, it's one of the other barksdales or something 
That'd be crazy. Um, and lastly, there's like a small cameo at the end there. Did you guys think that that was a good way to close things out, or is that just? Uh, I, I would have been annoyed if that wasn't if that didn't happen. Would, yes, because you would have been annoyed if that didn't happen. Interesting. Yeah, okay. because it's like we we know this character exists in this universe. How yeah, busy yeah. has does he have to be to not show up right now? Like totally understandable. See, see, yeah. this this was my one. First of all, Aaron, I agree with you. And my wife, who is a huge fan of uh, a, a program starring uh, a person who makes a cameo, uh-huh. sure. uh, was like, he'd better show up. He'd better show up. You know, because I think she just likes that person very much. Yeah. Which he's a good-looking guy. Well, and, and he, like, the character on the show is basically sanctified. So He's a real hero. She's like, she's like why can't you be like him, you know, to me? But... Um, <laughs> What what's funny is that 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 the storyline about uh, Rocky's family drama was to me it it's was not case. a deal breaker but it, it was the weakest element to me because it felt very tossed in. I I agree. That's I, how I, I feel. I know I noted it. that as well in my review. I I think the that that portion of the story felt undercooked to me where it's like there could well be and more and here. especially because you know they two movies ago they basically like resolved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then here we are again, and it's like, guys, maybe you should just not talk to each other because you can't, you keep ending up back here, you know? Yeah. Well, he needed, uh, now he that, needed a creed to put show him the way. That's all. Well, but but the other thing is, and I noted this elsewhere that he, this is something Stallone pulled out of his tool chest once before because he did the exact same thing with a twist in Rambo, the last Rambo movie. Yeah. With the Colonel Carl. comes back. No. no. Well, it's the, the they out of the blue. It's like Julie Benz is like, oh, you know, like why don't you go back home? Like, don't you have anybody waiting for you? He's like, oh, my father is there. I've talked to him in a while, and I don't know, you know. And then like the movie ends with this thing, like, oh look, Rambo's like going, he's reuniting with his father, and I'm like, what the hell? What father? Like that's never been any a thing in any of these movies. Well, we can know? now we can wait forward to Rock Rambo Five, where he's wearing that cowboy hat and just working on a farm all day. Man, that that's gonna be <laughs> is a he thing. still in Southeast Asia. He's wearing a cowboy hat, and then the the image they shoot in Southeast the, Asia. That's the twist. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so, yeah, for me, watching uh, Creed two, I felt like okay, Stallone's kind of he's doing that thing that he did before. Like I get it. Yeah, I, I feel like it was kind of like put in there, and that's the part where I was like, this feels like a Stallone thing now. Well, like it's more, it it's, ends... it's, it's hitting more on the theme of the film than it does on the the agreed continuity of rocky movies i would, I would yeah. say yeah because that, that's where like because mm-hmm. what i was gonna say is like i agree with you that he's not really he's sparsely used throughout like still stallone is sparsely used throughout and that part i was like why why would you make this about you now you know you had like this nice little close-up with the uh, with the uh, adonis talking to creed i mean, and, but, and I, mean I, I don't think it it's not making it about. It's just it's like there is an arc that he needs to follow, and it closes it out. They just, do need just, to resolve that. Yeah, yeah, I just it's just sure. as I said, it's undercooked. There's not much there with it. Also, don't teach your kids to open doors to strangers. That, I, I had that same thought. That kid's too. That kid's too young to be opening doors. I I had that exact like you get why they do it that way because sure. they want you know. I had that, I'm like that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So All right. let's let's wrap it up here. Where when should people go and see Creed two, Zachy? Go now. Drop what you're doing. If you're in bed and it's two o'clock in the morning, go. Oh, shoot. Better go. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. I I enjoyed it enough for the screen, but I don't think you need to run out and see it right away. So Dollar Theater. I uh, really enjoyed this. I I I had a I had a lot of I saw it with Anna and my dad. Uh, we had a good time. It was, it was a good yes, time. movie corner. 
that he loved it. He was a big fan. He he okay. walked out. And he's like, that was great. <laughs> and that was Dad's movie corner. And he liked the music too. I like when he, I like when he notes the music, especially because it's like you know it's a lot of hip hop in here. It's like rap. Fun. Yeah. Change. Uh, I like it's a good soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. Just just to, to echo what you're saying about watching with your dad, I went with my son, who is uh, going to be 12 in a few weeks, and um, when Rocky Balboa came out, I went and watched that the day before my wife went into labor with, with my oldest son. Oh. And, you know, so it's, it, I, I associate his birth with the Rocky movies because I had gone, you know, I'd gone through all of them and it was just uh, kind of, uh, it's all tied together emotionally for me. So here we are 12 years later and he's like plugged in and he's like, I think this is going to happen, you know, cause he's watched those movies like uh, countless times by now, you know, and it's just, this really is a series that is something that's shared between fathers and sons, you know? So it's so appropriate oh. given the theme, you know, it's deep. <laughs> I, I look forward to a you know a a, a million dollar baby sequel so we can get some fathers and daughters uh, themes going. On. <laughs> he finds a new he finds a new fighter. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's got to go. That, that goes in a different direction. <laughs> or it's a Morgan Freeman spinoff and he's fighting fighters and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, we can do that. We can make that work. All right, uh, I think that was our next <laughs> review for Korea. I think we did plenty there. Uh, David, you back on the line? Stuff. Hey, yeah, sorry, I'm, I, I was muted. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, cool. So you're back. We're all here. Let's move on now. Let's get to uh, Abe. What uh, what time is it? It's time for a quick game here. That was a great little tune. That was actually the tune that uh, Creed was going to walk out to, but then he decided to go and have his wife make a song instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, of course, the improv theme for games. And Abe, what is the game that you have for us this week? I've got a quick game for you guys. It's called, Hey, I was in that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to name off some movie titles of the stars of both Ralph Breaks the Internet and Creed 2. If you know the actor or actress that I'm speaking about in these movies, go ahead and buzz in with your name and tell me the name of the actor or actress. Make sense? So, so wait, you say a movie that stars somebody from either Ralph or Creed. Mm-hmm. And we say, and I'll, I'll continue naming movies that they are in until, and then, until uh, we figure out who the until we know. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and we say our yeah. name and then the answer. Gotcha. Yep. Here okay. we go. Creed two. Remember the Titans. Hmm. Southland Tales. Hmm. Dread. Feel free to buzz oh, Aaron, in. Aaron. Aaron. Wood Harris. Wood Harris is correct. <laughs> I was like, Southland Tales. <laughs> uh, the last one would have been The Wire to really give it away. Okay. <laughs> Next one here. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Smoking Aces. The Karate Kid. Aaron. Aaron. Taraji P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson is correct. The last one would have been Proud Mary. Oh, the new Karate Kid. Yes, yeah. That you remember Taraji P. Henson as, as, uh, as uh, Ralph Macchio's best Daniel, friend in high school? Yeah, Daniel's buddy. <laughs> he sat next to him in all his classes when they showed the class scenes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah she I'm, was you know, at the beach party, too. I must have missed that. She came as the sink when he was the shower curtain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Man, he gets his ass beat that night. Uh, next one here. Ralph breaks the internet. No pre-guesses, huh? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What's eating Gilbert Grape? Never been kissed. Aaron. Aaron. It's John C. Riley. John C. Riley is correct. 
Uh, the last one would have been the music video for the Beastie Boys make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one here. Ralph breaks the internet. Still no pre-guesses. Tell Nigga Nights the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Despicable Me. Movie 43. They Came Together. Aaron. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Aaron. Aaron? Is it Bill Hader? It is not Bill Hader. Last one here. 30 Rock. The TV show. Oh, I know. Okay. Zach here, David? I got nothing. Oh, 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 David. David. Uh, Jack McBrayer. Jack McBrayer is correct. He can fix it. Next one here. Creed 2. Hardball. That awkward moment. Aaron. Aaron. Michael B. Jordan's in Hardball? Michael B. Jordan is in Hardball. The Keanu Reeves, the Keanu Reeves classic. Does, does he play Keanu Reeves? I assume he's one of the kids. I just didn't. Realize Why would he play like, Keanu Reeves? Because I'm kidding. I, I just I, I, I didn't realize he was one of the kids in that movie. Next oh. one here. Ralph breaks the internet. Triple nine. Night and day. Criminal. Keeping up with the Joneses. Zachy. Zachy. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is correct. Next one here. Ralph breaks the internet. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. David. Up. David. Um. Oh, jeez. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk uh, is yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. See you, the pirate. <laughs> nice. There you go. Next one here. Creed two. When a Stranger Calls, Murder on the 13th Floor, War on Everyone, Annihilation, Aaron, Aaron, Uh, Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson is correct. What is Murder on the 13th Floor? I have no idea, but it's on our IMDb. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) As a full movie, (laughs) not a TV movie. Next one here, Creed 2. Rocky Balboa. Zachy. Zachy. Sylvester Stallone. That is incorrect. Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> Next one here. She's all that. Oh, geez. <laughs> Am I out? I can't. Well, yeah, Aaron and Zach, David might have to steal here. Gamer. This is a spoiler. I don't want to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to the next. Let's just say I go it. We're going to give it to Zachy. <laughs> <laughs> Next one here. <laughs> Uh, Creed 2, Rocky Balboa. I'm afraid to say anything. <laughs> Nighthawks. Aaron. Zach. Aaron. <laughs> so Mr. Stallone. Mr. Stallone you is correct. Uh, last one here. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet. No pre-guesses. School for Scoundrels. Aaron. Aaron. Is it Sarah Silverman? Deborah Silverman is correct. Uh, and that was, hey, I was in that. Uh, Aaron, you are the winner with seven correct answers. Zachy and David both had two each. What were the other Silverman movies you were going to name? Bullworth, Rent, The Muppets, School of Rock, and lastly, The Way of the Gun.
hmm. where she gets punched in the face. Yeah. Well, that I would have got that right away. Um, <laughs> but if he said Bullworth, I'd be, I'd be, I would have been lost. I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. That's why I put it specifically where I put it. <laughs> so that was games. Great. Thanks, Abe. Let's um, let's move on now. Let's get to our feedback. Back to back. Feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers from our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash our podcast. We asked a number of questions. The listeners gave us answers. And then we're going to read their questions they gave us so we can uh, give them answers. Uh, but first, before we get to that, we get to our poll question. Each week and out now, we have one big poll question uh, where we put two movies against each other. Uh, voting for one saves one. And the other that loses said poll gets erased from existence. And this week, <laughs> I had Disney duos versus boxing movies. And I have Lilo and Stitch versus The Fighter. So before we get to what our listeners chose in all this, where would you go between Lilo and Stitch and The Fighter? Man, that's a tough one because uh, one of them uh, walks away with Academy Awards and the other one kind of uh, sets up uh, some cool uh, uh, Disney... Uh, I don't know if it's continuity, but it sets up like their their weirdness. Uh, I'm going to have to say that I'll save... Man, I do love Christian Bale and The Fighter, but I'm going to save Lilo and Stitch. You guys, Zachy, David? Yeah, uh, Sam. I, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, um, I didn't even think about what my answer would actually be. I just wanted to make something that wouldn't be too obvious as far as it's like, hard. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to play like Rocky against something like this. So it's like, what would I choose? But I, I mean, I guess I would choose Leo and Stitch mainly because I just didn't like Melissa Leo in that movie. And she won an Oscar. I'm like, why? Uh, so like... That's me too, man. Dude, I thought I was the only one. Like, yeah, no, I just hated that family staying oh. there. Playing an uh, overbearing mom? Yeah. I, that yeah. Honestly, her her role in that movie, I had such a visceral dislike that it's just, it's, it's spread outward where just reflexively I dislike her in anything even when she's fine. It, it made me like the movie less because I was otherwise really enjoying it. That said, I think they did the same thing better the next year or two years later in Silver Linings Playbook. I'm like, I like this dysfunctional family. I'm into this one. Huh. Like, this works. Yeah, I, I do like that overbearing. I like the De Niro, Jackie Weaver double play versus the Miss Elisa Leah show with the seven sisters he has. Yeah. Anyway, Leo and Sitch won 64% to 36%. So there you go. Unfortunately for the fighter, it's not you, not you, and not you. <laughs> Does uh, Christian Bell win an Academy Award later? Sure, maybe. Yeah, we changed okay. history, so who knows? <laughs> I know. Yeah, he yeah, won, he wins for he wins for Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> Best actor. Best actor. Got it. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's an achievement. They show for, they show they show they show the clip on the Oscars. Where's the trigger? That's what they do. Oh, the okay. Whole time. I thought they were gonna show the whole entire part where he's like, "One dime for me, and you'll never eat another cent." Yeah. No, yeah. it's not that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's our poll. Let's move on to the questions. Uh, first one, who is your favorite Disney duo? And uh, Alan and Zachy, feel free to... Uh, sorry, Alan's the first answer right here. David and Zachy, feel free to feel free to jump in with answers when I read them. Who's Alan? He's the first response to this question. If a favorite <laughs> Disney duo, Alan writes oh. Jafar and Iago, Chippendale and Timon and Pumbaa. Justin has Moana and Maui. Michael Lee, friend of the show, has Gus Gus and Jack. Cynthia has Mulan and Mushu. Mike has Mickey and Pluto. And Rachel has Mickey and Minnie and Buzz and Woody. Who are your favorite mm. Disney duos? Nobody mentioned Bagheera and uh, and Baloo. Actually, I like that one quite a bit. That's good. I like that answer. Yeah. Are they really a duo though? They kind of come together they're at the odd, end. There, they're an odd couple. Yeah, they're yeah they're an odd pairing at the beginning. And they're they, more they, a Buzz they... and Woody than a Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. <laughs> no, Buzz and Woody are together too. No, but I they're mean, but I, they're I, at I, odds I, with each other. 
Well, are they not? Are they not at odds with each other? <laughs> they are. They, they just come the together. They, they, they don't even start at the same time, is what I mean. They're not, so they're, they're not, not really a duo. There's a, there's they become an, a duo, though. They're yeah. like Riggs and Murtaugh. And there's an implied shared yeah, history. Exactly, like Riggs and Murtaugh. There's a shared history between them that you can tell. It's like, I don't like that, Baloo. And here he is, ruining things again. And I got... Ruining things again. Making this man cub be more part of the jungle than he already is. Let's say what uh, it really so... is, though. Let's let's say what it really is. Ben Kingsley and Bill Murray. I'd love to see that more. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if, if Ben Kingsley is the Mandarin, maybe, yeah. The Mandarin in quotes. <laughs> He's actually uh, yeah. Trevor. <laughs> yeah, Trevor. That's a great call. Do <laughs> uh, you guys have any favorite Disney duos? Darkwing Duck and Launchpad. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, this is tough. You're you're a big Disney aficionado. Yeah, there's. You're saying I'm, it's I'm, you're I'm, saying it's not joy and sadness. Your favorite Disney characters. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate Do you want to play? So Angst. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, there's, I'm like kind of slowly going, like filing through all the movies and it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, I mean, you, you, you named some of the best ones already. So uh, right. trying to be different, trying to find mm-hmm. a different answer. Uh, that, that's t- a little tough. Lightning McQueen and Mater. I mean, that's a good <laughs> duo. I don't know if it's my favorite. Mike and Sully. Mike and Sully's a good one. Dory and, uh. Marlin really hit a good the, one. Uh, really yeah. hit the Pixar's and not Disney movies. <laughs> it's uh, Pixar's kind of easier to remember, I guess. Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope. Did someone say that? <laughs> uh, Big Hero Six and that guy and the kid he's with. I don't. I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't Bay know Max. his name. Yeah. Oh, it's Betamax. <laughs> he, yeah, Hero and Bay Hero Max. and Betamax. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm just looking sheepish now. Anyway, if you remember, just shout it out. We love random shout outs. Let's get to our yeah. next question. Next question is, what supporting Disney character deserves a spinoff series uh, slash TV series of their own? Uh, Jay, friend of the show, has M.O. from Wally, foreign, <laughs> foreign contaminant. Uh, he even named the show. Uh, Alan has ab- uh, the abominable snowman from Matterhorn. And lastly, Justin has easily Frozone. Uh, any spinoff guys that you guys uh, want to see have their own TV show or movie? I mean, the Hulk Snowman Valley. from not from Monsters Inc. is from the the Matterhorn. He put a GIF of the Snowman in the Matterhorn, so I'm just assuming he wants a show about the Snowman specifically from the Matterhorn, which is not a movie, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the Haunted Mansion wasn't a, was a ride, and then they made it a movie. I think right, they right, made right. it to a person. I'm like, what? <laughs> but I don't know. I thought you guys were asking about the side character from an actual movie. So, yeah. Up to you. How are you interpreting it? You know, we can get a series of films that all show the precarious ways that these pirates got into those death situations in Pirates of the Caribbean on the ride. You know, that'd be interesting. I mean, they keep on, like, trying to get people. To, as many times as people go through that ride, nobody's going to give them a key, which is. A sad turn of events. What if it was just an entire story about those guys locked in their... G- it's like Oz, but, but Pirates of the Caribbean. But PG-13? <laughs> yeah, maybe PG-13. But it still, it still stars Ernie Hudson and J.K. Simmons. And Rick Fox. Shows and Rick Fox, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you guys have any uh, other distant characters that want spinoffs? Uh, I, I would say Maui from Moana. That'd be nice. To yeah. see his uh, his uh, all his change. adventures, yeah, yeah, and the Rock's not busy enough, so it'd be good to get a, <laughs> a TV show. I mean, that guy's dropping like a movie every month next year, so 
<laughs> you don't want Olaf the movie? We got that, right? Well, I, I already got that. I got a 20-minute version where they had to pull from oh, the theater. Yeah. You know what? To be honest, I, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's on DVD now. It was it came out last week. You can get it. I'll get you it mean it doesn't come with the, the movie that it showed in front of? No, it doesn't, it come, it doesn't with come with Coco, no. It's its own thing. I'll, get, I'll put it in your stocking. Okay, next oh, question. Geez. Oh, Lost Frozen okay. Adventure, coming to the Yeah family house. Next question here. Which Disney characters would you want to just hang out with for an evening or a lazy afternoon? Cynthia writes the grandma from Coco. Alan writes, <laughs> Alan writes Baloo. Mike has Goofy and Pluto. Christopher has Hill Hero and company from Big Hero 6. And Justin has Mickey, but Steamboat Willie. Oh, huh. Steamboat Willie style. He's just going to take you and just like turn you into a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. All that whistling. <laughs> Sounds like a, a dark movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of is. He's, he's a, abusive to animals in that cartoon. <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> I, I'll have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I've only seen him show up in the in the opening credits to the new Disney movies these days. What characters do you want to hang out with? <laughs> um, the show is I'm running gonna... long, so I'm just trying to keep <laughs> us on the thing. I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Woody and Buzz there. They can be like spies for me. Now in this scenario, are you as big as Woody and Buzz, or are you like like Andy no, size? No, I'm, I'm Andy size. Okay. Wow. But I, I know that they're real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zachy, any okay. Uh, hangout adventures you want with any of these people? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's late. That sounds like I... a no. <laughs> I'm dancing with King Louie. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna be in, in that. Yeah, in that but he's area. gonna try and like murder you. No, he doesn't. I'll, I'm bringing. I'm bringing red You're flower bringing with man, me. Man, yeah, man. I'm bringing red the red flower, flower with me. It's gonna be right here. I'll be like, Louie, guess what I found? He's gonna be like, Ruby Doo, let's do this. And we just start yeah. dancing. Zippity bop. <laughs> Ruby Doo. We just start scatting apparently too. Zippity bop. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather hang with Tailspin version of Louie? He has his own bar. I mean, if they, I, I can't recall if they have a jukebox, but if they do, I'm down. OEO. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, Zach, if you think of anything, just shout it out. Yeah, if you want to paint uh, with all the colors of the wind, just let me know. How the, How did she start controlling the wind, by the way? That's not a, a power that Pocahontas has. Uh, next question. Any other Sylvester Stallone sequels that you want to see? Legacy sequels that you want to see? Richard has. I just want to know when we're... When we when we're gonna get a stop or mom will shoot part two electric boogaloo. As we all know, stop or my mom will shoot two will be called stop or my mom will shoot. Uh, still shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, shooting with an apostrophe in. Yeah, exactly. An apostrophe, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Alan has Demolition Man part two and Over the Top part two. I guess. Yeah, you could definitely have sequels of both. Yeah, uh, friend of the show, Maxwell has definitely not, meaning he doesn't want to see any more legacy sequels. Uh, Brian has Briny White, uh, Rocky Seven, which I'm pretty sure we're going to get uh, to some degree. Mike Jones has Polly's like story. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we got it. We did get it, but we're going to have to get one where it's just like him, just Rocky. Uh, next one, uh, Mike has Polly's story. He works at the meat plant all day and gambles uh, the dog tracks all night. Will Strafer ground win big or cost him everything? That's a great question. Uh, lastly, Justin has nope. Uh, maybe 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 Tango and Cash, but not sure that that qualifies as legacy. Of course it does. It's, if uh, you have Kurt uh, Russell there again, it's going to be a legacy sequel. So, any other sequels from Sylvester Stallone? I'm going to say no. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I think we're good. Yo, uh, what about Nighthawks 2? Oh, actually, you know what? I really want to see a sequel to the Nestie commercials. <laughs> those are pretty good. I remember those. Would it, would it be called Nest 2? 
How about yes. how about my role in uh, Ants's? <laughs> it's more Ants. Ants. We need more. If we have more neurotic uh, Woody Harrelson, then maybe yeah. Woody Allen. Well, Woody I, Allen. I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any more movies about Ants with me. But I could be back be in Ants's. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. No. No. That's a terrible movie. You guys like Ants? <laughs> I like. I like Ants. Life. I don't know what we're talking about because it doesn't exist anymore, so it doesn't matter. That's right. Next question. <laughs> uh, refer uh, preference of color on the uh, on your boxing trunks or like the design on your boxing shorts. Uh, Ricardo has. Uh, Can I have mine with Pokemon all over? Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. Alan has. I just have a Prince design. Uh, like Mike it. has. Uh, Creed did it best. So I guess he's a fan of the Creed shorts. Red, white, and blue with Creed. Or the or the dark version at the end. Oh uh, yeah. Justin has yellow and black like a bee. You know. Weathersby, because his last name is Weathersby. Ah, but, um, and Maxwell, friend of the show, has yellow and navy. There you go, Michigan colors. If you guys had boxing trunks, would you have any uh, colors in mind for him? Mm, it'd have to be uh, plain white so you can see all the blood that my face is spilling. <laughs> I don't know. Just blue or black. Favorite colors. Oh, yeah, hides all the blood. Uh, I would never be boxing, so it would be a <laughs> moot. it would be a moot conversation. There you go. All right. And the last question uh, that we asked everybody, which two movie characters do you want to see slug it out in the ring? Scott has James Cagney, white heat version, versus Lee Marvin, point blank version. I like it. Okay. Uh, and lastly, Luke has Michael Moore and Donald Trump. Hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> that's a tough one to call. I mean, that, I think that one goes a full 12 rounds because everyone's tired. I would see that, though. I would like to see that. Pay-per-view style? How no. did it go 12 oh. rounds? They both, like, fall down and, like, won. <laughs> That's how boxing goes. It wouldn't keep going to 12 rounds. <laughs> I think Michael Moore being the younger one and has more mass, he might win. Oh, Donald yeah, Trump I, is like 6'4". Yeah, Moore's, Moore's angrier, though. So, you know. Uh, don't touch 6'4". Um, <laughs> you know, I would you know put Ray Romano and Gene Hackman back together, just get him a rematch going. Welcome to Moosepore Part 2? That movie doesn't exist, so I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I was just saying, right. put, put Ray Romano and Gene Hackman in the ring. You don't, you don't, randomly, way, you don't randomly say that every now and then? You want to see what that goes? <laughs> I do love Gene Hackman. Still All alive, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, just, he's, he's, just, re- he's just retired, and he writes. <sighs> he writes books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last, we, we had a question here. This one's from a friend of the show, Luke. He asks, uh, who would you cast as Clubber Lang's kid, and what would their story arc be? Well. Uh, Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry Crews. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> we we got that pretty quickly. <laughs> wait, wait! In the next movie, is he the same age as Adonis Creed? They just no. have like a a fifty year old Terry Crews fighting like a thirty some odd year old, but they're like, no, they're both the same age. Abe, are you trying to tell me that you're not convinced Terry Crews could take Michael B. Jordan in a fight? Uh, no, he definitely could. Okay, then. So what are we arguing about here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the fight. I just like the I just like the age logic in movies because you can make Terry Crews however old you want him to be. Yeah, he just looks older. Yeah, he's actually 75 years old. It's ridiculous. He's a great Oh, my child. gosh. <laughs> what would the arc be? Zachy, what would, what would Clover Lang's kid's arc be? I don't know. That's, uh, you know, I'd say I would go in reverse. I would have uh, Clover Lang's kid be not not even, uh, not a physical specimen like Pops. I'd have him be like like uh, like a skinny wiener, you know? Okay, so what, what's his name from um, Everybody, Hate, White? Everybody Hates Chris? Uh, Tyler. Oh. Uh, there you go. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, there you go. Which 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 starred Terry Crews as his father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tyler James Williams. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's actually the son. Uh, uh, what's his face? Clubber Lang's grandchild. Okay. Yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> For some go. reason, he gets involved. In this. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'll show you what a real man can do. His whole pattern is then... no, 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 I don't want to be here, and he's just running around the ring. <laughs> it's like Spider-Man versus Macho Man Savage in the first Spider-Man movie. It's like, I don't know. Bones, bones, ready. Bones, 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 ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that was feedback. feedback, yeah, feedback. We, we, we crushed the feedback. Thank you for that. Thank you, everybody, for answering. Let's move on now. Let's start wrapping things up. Let's move on to Out Now. Let's Out Now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Got a few things here. First up on uh, Blu-ray, uh, we have Searching, John Cho. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually uh, a good movie. Check feel, it out. Feel free to give a yay or an a to any of these if I say them. Um, let's see. The Little Stranger. This was the um, the Lenny Abramson film uh, with uh, Domhnall Gleeson. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of it. His follow up. Okay. His follow up to Room. I was a, wasn't huge on it. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Sharp Objects. Uh, the HBO uh, miniseries. Uh, Heard good things. Won a lot of won a lot of Emmys. Is that the is that the right one? Maybe big, that's not the right big, one. Big Little Lies won the Emmys. Big Little Lies. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But it's it's quite it's good it's quite good okay it's well acted. Uh, Zombie, the uh, the uh, the Italian uh, Dawn of the Dead sequel, uh, gets a new 4K transfer restoration release this week. It's a it's a gritty gory movie. <laughs> Some, uh, okay. This features the legendary shark versus zombie sequence that uh, many people have seen in, in the, mm. and some other like really grisly stuff. If you're a fan of Zombie, it's out now. It's got a fantastically new packed special edition. Got it. Um, on Criterion this week, we have True Stories and Magnific- the Magnificent Ambersons, the Orson Welles film, which I'm very mm. excited to get on, on Criterion. Cool. Um, let's see. From Shop Factory, we have The Critters Collection. So you get all your Critters movies, including Critters Is 3. There, are there two or three of them? There's four of them. Uh, the third what? One, the third one stars Leonardo DiCaprio. So, you know, you got to get those Critters movies. <laughs> sure. Yeah, got to get them. Got to get them all. That's what I say about Critters. Copyright that. I don't think that's been used before. Crittermon. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Gosford Park has a new blur on Arrow this week. So if you're a fan yeah, of yeah, go check it out. Robert Altman film. It's it's got a new release coming. And lastly, Philadelphia 4K 25th Anniversary Edition. Wow, you need a 4K version of that. As as everyone always says, if you haven't seen Philadelphia in 4K, you haven't seen Philadelphia. So yeah. I mean, it's got two great sequences. It one of them is Denzel Washington eating a sandwich, and the other one is uh, when Tom Hanks tells uh, how Opera moves him. I mean, it's a good movie overall, but yes, it does have really good sequences in it, too. <laughs> good, good song by Bruce Springsteen as well. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Uh, coming to streaming or, this week. Or yeah. was it uh, Madonna? I think it's... No, I, I, no. no, Madonna was no, the Joe That's the... Yeah. <laughs> Madonna. You confuse the two. I understand. I get, what, I get why, yeah. but that's still funny to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, com- anyway. Now coming to streaming. Um, on Netflix, we have The Christmas Chronicles. This is the Kurt Russell is Santa Claus movie. I mean, I love Kurt Russell and everything, but this one has been getting meh reviews. Yeah, it'll be watched by me at some point, and Otto, because it's Kurt Russell and he's Santa Claus, so why would that happen? But uh, yeah, I've, I've not heard the most promising thing so far. But it's on Netflix, so it's not like I have to go too hard in my way. There you go. This is, this is the one where Santa Claus is a planet, and uh, no? Yeah, yeah, and his, his, he, he, he finds his son, one of many, and uh, they listen to pop songs together, and it's great. Everything works. Yeah, and at the end, he uh, tries to take over the, the universe. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Frontier season three. This is the Jason Momoa TV show that should just be called the Jason Momoa show because you would know what it is at that point. But it's Frontier. There's three seasons, apparently. 
Okay, sounds uh, sounds like he's getting some some bucks. That's great. Yeah, in addition to his Aquaman. You know what, guys? That second, the new Aquaman trailer. I saw that before Creed. It plays really well at a big screen. Like I'm not gonna say. You know, I'm not gonna say Aquaman. Close my movie. eyes. I'm watch not, it. I'm not gonna say Aquaman is my most anticipated movie of the winter or whatever. But watching that trailer, I was like, oh, I'm actually excited about this now. Like I'm actually I'm like looking forward to this a lot more than I was. Okay. It just got me going. I was like, yeah, the music's kicking in and everything is good stuff. Um. Let's see, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the latest batch, uh, six new episodes. Um, the first of which is uh, covers Mac and Me, which I watched, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, check them out. They're fun. <laughs> and uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. It's on Netflix now. It's it's on Netflix? I thought yeah. it was always been on Netflix. It was off. Now it's back on again. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a great-looking uh, uh, documentary. It check was, it out. It was, yeah. on, it was on your top ten list that year. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. The way that don't they watch it. it later. Don't watch it late at night because you're gonna want sushi afterwards, and it's all gonna be closed. There you go. And quite honestly, they shot it like on Canon 5D cameras, which is pretty fantastic. Or maybe even like 7D. It was basically not a- anything too expensive of yeah, equipment. As, as the shocked. cast and crew of Philadelphia say, if you haven't seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi on 4K, you haven't seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> Tom Hanks said that. Yeah, he said that. He said that in the piece. It's one of those viral videos where he's in the park and he's randomly jogging around. <laughs> He's, he comes across a sushi bar. He's like, guys, no, have you seen sushi? He gets into a whole conversation about it. Uh, on Prime okay. this week is downsizing. If you want to see Matt Damon get small, you can do that on Prime now. Okay, I might check that out. Okay. Uh, next week's show. Uh, next week, uh, we'll figure, we're figuring it out. I got some we're ideas. Figuring out. There's we're, a lot of stuff that's coming out. It's a lot of stuff, and there's some things that have expanded, so we'll see what happens. The last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Zachy, what should people see in theaters right now? Well, I, I, I said it, uh, Creed. There you go. What do you see oh, next? Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on uh, oh, Saturday. Oh, man. I'm kind of uh, uh, envious there. <laughs> David, how about you? What should people see in theaters right now? Uh, they should see Ralph 2. They should probably see Creed 2. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm going to go see it. The next movie I'm seeing is uh, Mary Poppins Returns hmm. on Tuesday night. Abe? Uh, everyone should go see a movie I haven't seen yet called Widows. And uh, next, I'm going to go and uh, check out uh, Widows. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I hadn't seen it, so that's a great answer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I would say Widows is a great option. Creed 2 is a great option. The Favorite's a great option. And if you're at home and you're like, what can I watch at home? I don't know. Buster Scruggs is right there waiting for you. Well, that's Coen, right. Coen yeah. Brothers are just like, guys, we made a movie and it's right here. It's crazy. Um and next, I jeez, I got like a week off it seems for movies, but Vice is probably the next thing that I see. Uh, okay, which is like a few weeks from now, but yeah. That's, oh, that's the Christian Bale movie. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna win his second Oscar after Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Rises, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he won. He was nominated for Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. He's gonna win. He did. He didn't win for some other movie that I don't know about, but I know he won for Dark Knight Rises. Um, <laughs> In this alternate universe, this yeah. is getting hard. Hard to juggle. The theme of continuity is big this week on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. All... <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, exactly. With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now There in Your Name. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. All my written reviews over end up over there. You can also find me on We Live Entertainment. I'll be co- I've will be been covering The Walking Dead, which is about to take its break, and uh, everything else I do is generally over there as well. And you can find me on, Air- on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? For more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag Ralph Breaks the Internet, colon Creed 2, uh, and uh, subsects forward to the podcast. Uh, David, yeah, where can people find more of you online? Um, in, uh, Instagram, I'm 
Coyete Boy, C-O-H-E-T-E-B-O-Y, or EndorExpress.net. And Zachy is on. Where can people find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachy's Corner. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. It's also my website, just at com. And uh, the movie, film, podcast, and Nostalgia Theater drop uh, every couple weeks on iTunes and wherever you find your fine podcasts. Great. Speaking of fine podcasts, you can find all the other episodes of our show over at iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places you can find us. Or, yeah, the internet, just like Ralph. <laughs> there you go. Uh, email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnotpodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And please scour the internet just like Ralph to find plenty of scary clown gifts for Abe and send them over to him didn't, at outnotpodcast.tumblr.com. Really didn't enjoy that part. Scary clowns and out now. I was like, why would, why would they put this in a kids movie? <laughs> but yeah, uh, David Zaki, thank you so much for thank both you so of you much. to join us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. For sure. And until next time, we talk about whatever it is we come up to talk about. That's going to do it. So until then, so long and goodbye. Save us all. I pray for y'all. You know the tables turn. I buy a tablecloth. I got it off the ground and I straight to Mars. Shout out to the pilots that died taking off. The crime rate evolved, but I take the charge. I try to obey the law. On Fridays it's hard. Vibrating floors from my groundbreaking bars. The crowd gave applause, then the clouds gave us stars. When all faith is lost, you just gotta save the thoughts. Can't let us down, pause, fast forward, play record. Select the cross, hope you make it straight across To make it safe across, we leave who we should take across And when the day get dark, that's when the fire start They crying, amen, amen, third time's a charm Brenda's got a baby, I pray it's not my baby Say it's not my baby, and my response is amen I, I mean, it looks good. I, I, you know, it, it, it's another animated version of a movie that was already animated, and they got it right <laughs> the first time. I mean. <laughs>